Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Welcome to another episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Refn Show, episode 82. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And on behalf of both of us, we want to welcome you to the show. Welcome back, uh, dear listeners. Welcome back, Darren. We actually, we missed a week. I don't like to do that ever, but uh, so one of us had uh, the, the WrestleMania flu, WrestleMania hangover. You know, it's it's inspired by true events, based on a true story. Um, although, I don't think I picked up the flu. In fact, I may have been responsible for spreading WrestleMania flu this year. Um, <laughs> hey, at least I'm not the asshole who brought measles to WrestleMania. That's true. Um, there was a reported case of the measles <laughs> at WrestleMania this year, folks. I mean, are you kidding me? Measles? Like... I mean, I thought I might come home from WrestleMania with polio. Like, <laughs> Isn't that the maybe... string cheese? Polio string cheese? <laughs> I believe that's polio string cheese. Yes, it is. You're right. Okay. Well, so you you had a rough week, so we, we did miss a I week. I did. I did. Uh, it was quite a, quite a WrestleMania hangover. I unfortunately spent um, my New Orleans trip a little under the weather. Not that the weather in New Orleans was good to begin with. And then now I'm still recovering. Even wow. after missing an episode last week, here we are sitting down to record and I'm still feeling uh, a, a little bit of the funk, a little bit of the crud, if you will. Um, not exactly flu. I actually tested negative for flu, but it's just a good old fashioned or a bad old fashioned cold. Oh, wow. One of us uh, was sick to our stomachs while at WrestleMania, while the other one was made sick in the stomach by WrestleMania. Uh, we'll get into that when we talk about WrestleMania 34, when we do our head-to-head. Head-to-head. Results for the big event, the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the Immortals. Uh, also, we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver New Orleans as well, of course. Uh, results there as well. So not only do we have the results to all the uh, big shows that you guys saw, we also want to talk about what's been going on lately in the wrestling world, which is to say a lot. You miss a week of podcasting, Darren, and a lot of shit happens. Uh, we got to talk about, of course, uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella calling it quits, which is a big deal, uh, only because it's a wrestling angle. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it isn't, and it is at the same time. Uh, the Superstar shakeup going on on Raw and uh, SmackDown Live as well. We want to get into that a little bit. Unfortunately, just as we sat down to record this, we found out that a uh, a wrestling legend has passed away. One of the greats, Bruto San Martino. We, of course, want to pay our respects to him as well. Uh, so let's get to it, man. We are a week behind. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's start off with them. Headlines! So, Darren, you are at hashtag NOLA, and if I ever hear anyone say NOLA again, I'm going to tear my hair out and run into the streets screaming. 
to, to tell us about WrestleMania weekend for those of us who could not afford the experience, even though we did a GoFundMe for that person that no one contributed to. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and I, unless I'm making an independent picture, I would never do a GoFundMe, folks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, no, it was a great time. It was a really great time. Um, I was lucky, fortunate enough to be able to make it to yet another WrestleMania, something that, uh, you know, I never would have ever believed, uh, as a child or even as a teenager that, uh, you're going to, you're going to go to a whole bunch of WrestleManias, uh, when you grow up. Uh, but lucky me, I, I'm very happy about it. And I was very uh, fortunate to find myself in New Orleans uh, with a couple of dear friends. You were notably absent and missed greatly by those of us that were there. Good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you could admit that is the thing. Uh, but very quickly, you talked about how like you, you thought you would never be at a WrestleMania. I know when I was a kid, I, I thought, because I watched so much like Saved by the Bell and a lot of different shows, I thought the only way you could get to a concert was if you won tickets off the radio. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought you could not purchase tickets any other way somehow. Because I, I, I wasn't a very smart kid, I guess. Um, but I, I assume concerts must cost thousands of dollars. So when I actually like look into concert tickets myself, you know, as a teenager slash adult, I was like, oh, this is affordable. So anyway, <laughs> that's <laughs> little, a little... weird feeling, right? That's yeah, a very yeah. weird feeling. Um, I remember trying to win uh, tickets to New Kids on the Block concert oh, wow. when I was in the first grade, trying to win those off of a local radio station, because they actually came to Valdosta, Georgia, and performed uh, at the university. And uh, What was the year on that? Went, well, let's see, first grade, so I would have been seven years old, so uh, let's say 80, 1988. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I uh, didn't win tickets. And then my mother's sister, whose daughter was a New Kids fanatic, surprised all of us with tickets. So I got to see the New Kids on the Block anyway, even though I didn't win tickets off the radio. Wow. Uh, then you, you, you should have told me that story immediately. You would have proved me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's nice to meet you, Perry. Yeah, l- l- let me tell you, um, New Kids on the Block... Uh, <laughs> too bad I didn't do that. Too bad I didn't do that. No, but uh, it, it's still weird. It, I still feel now in 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 my in my old age as though I am getting away with something when I find myself sitting at WrestleMania, like <laughs> even though I know exactly the process of how I got there and the money that it cost and the travel that it entailed, I still feel like I'm getting away with something, and uh, uh, you know. Even if I didn't enjoy every second of it in the moment, uh, I owe it. I owe it to that younger me to, to, to find myself there. And the, the weekend was really exceptionally fun. Uh, glad to have John Bring and Jared Hill uh, by my side for the duration. Got to spend uh, some time with Fest Wrestling World Champion Effie. Yeah. Uh, got to hang out with Effie in the French Quarter down on Bourbon Street, out and about uh, early in the weekend. And uh, also, uh, friend of the show and Fest family, Crystal. Nice. Uh, Really excellent seeing uh, these people. And, uh, 
you know, not not having coordinated the travel, just, hey, you know what? I'm here in New Orleans. Hey, you're here in New Orleans. Um, very little effort into just here. I'm at this crossroads. Oh, so am I. Okay, here we are. <laughs> All right. Party <laughs> on Bourbon Street. But it was a really excellent weekend. We got to hang out at WrestleCon. Uh, we cameoed in some of the fest wrestling social media bits. Got to see uh, Sue Young. I almost I thought I was going to have to break up a fight between Effie and Sue Young. There is uh, there's still a lot of heat there over that Fest Wrestling Championship. Bad blood. And, uh, Bad blood, folks. And you know, and, and Sue wasn't alone. Like Jamie Senegal was there. Jamie, uh, who who claims that Sue Young is his mother. Um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Blue Meanie claimed that Goldust was his mother. So who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, as frightening as fright as frightened as Effie was of Sue, uh, it seemed Jamie was rather frightened of Effie. So, uh, you know, there's a lot a lot of potential matchups, you know, Hogtown's calling, folks. Book it. (laughs) I haven't heard that uh, clash song. Hogtown (laughs) calling. But uh, the rest of WrestleCon was a blast. As always, it's it's really uh, a, a real treat to get to shake hands and have, you know, little conversations and get pictures with people you never thought you'd ever see in person, much less have a conversation with people like Dan Severn, Bret Hart, Diamond Dallas Page, Eric Bischoff, Goldberg. Um, it was a really great time. And then, oh, what the hell, we just found ourselves buying last-minute tickets to ROH in New Japan's Supercard of Honor 12. Got to see Kenny Omega live in the flesh in person. That's something I didn't think I was going to be doing anytime soon. And then all of a sudden, spur of the moment, hell, we're in NOLA. So let's go watch them. And and Cody and Kenny, killer match, main event, and bless ROH for putting the world title match on last, like they should have, despite the fact that everybody was there for Cody and Kenny. You know, give your belt and give your champion the credit that they deserve. And world champion Dalton Castle defended uh, his ROH title against Marty Skrull in that main event. And yet, I think Kota Ibushi and Hangman Page stole the show. Great time. Absolutely excellent time at the University of New Orleans. Um, As Bubba Dudley, or Bully Ray, rather, made it abundantly clear multiple times during uh, during the show... This was the largest show ROH had ever put on. So that was kind of an honor to be present for that. Nice. And then, yeah, Sunday. Man, holy shit. There, live WrestleMania, almost 80,000 people in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Not the Silverdome, Hulkster. The Superdome. (laughs) And there we were. And uh, 14 matches and John Cena... Turns out he didn't spend the whole show as a fan and all the crazy, wacky, mind-blowing entrances that happened uh, at at WrestleMania and a child became one half of the tag team champions and we'll cover all of that. So let me just just say uh, I was exhausted. I was exhausted when I arrived in New Orleans. I was doubly exhausted when I left, but... uh, in addition to all the fantastic wrestling and the good friendship and, uh, you know, sort of escaping, 
escaping from all the worries of the world. Got to also hand it to New Orleans. It was an excellent host city. Uh, the French Quarter is very inviting if it's not something you do all the time. Um, it's a really cool place to go. Have some good food, have some good drinks, hear some good music. Also got to just good, – good food was definitely uh, uh, part of the trip. Uh, Court of Two Sisters – we found ourselves eating oyster po'boys and crawdads at almost every meal. Uh, excellent time. And uh, cemetery tours. Man, what a haunted, haunted city New Orleans can be and full of history, not just of the wrestling variety. So can't say enough about the trip, um, but I'll, I'll stop there so we can talk about the details of all the actual wrestling. Well, it's nice to hear about the goings on for the entire weekend because, I mean, it's it is WrestleMania weekend. It kind of is the thing that, you know, brings everyone to the party, you know. But there are plenty of other little parties going on as well, like Supercard, ROH, and WrestleCon. I mean, it's all part of the weekend, not to mention NXT TakeOvers going on. So it's cool that you were able to partake. Absolutely. And that goes without even mentioning all of the amazing indie shows that happened all weekend. Got to give a lot of credit to the organizers of those shows, the talent that performed on those shows, the hoops they had to jump through with the Louisiana Athletic Commission, all this blood work stuff, all these limitations on wrestling styles and wrestling maneuvers. Everybody turned out, busted their ass. Everybody, uh, you know, got a taste of the spotlight. And the whole, the whole weekend was really incredible for the sport, the business, the industry, whatever you want to call it, of pro wrestling or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. It's wrestling. We love it. That's why we were all there. And, uh, man, wrestling fans worldwide had descended on southern Louisiana uh, for a solid week. And um, they make their presence known. I was glad to be just a teeny tiny part of that. That's cool. Very cool. It was always next year for those who did not go this year. I mean me. I'm talking about me. Uh, and you, dear listeners, who did not uh, attend the festivities this year. Good thing about WrestleMania, as long as there's a WWE, there's going to be a WrestleMania. In fact, we heard a lot about uh, WrestleMania 35 uh, all that weekend. I thought they were just going to skip 34 altogether and go straight to 35. Um, <laughs> so that's that's odd and interesting. Uh, so WWE, a lot of big things go down at WrestleMania, of course. You may recall WrestleMania 33 a year ago. Hard to... Hard to think back a year ago in the world of wrestling because things move so fast. Uh, where John Cena actually proposed to Nikki Bella at WrestleMania 33. It was a big deal, you know, and, and not a lot of Cena fans in that audience, but even they were kind of like, ah, it's pretty cool, you know, engaged to Nikki Bella. They're, they're kind of like the the high school quarterback and the head cheerleader, you know, getting <laughs> getting married in the world of wrestling. Uh, so sure. it's very interesting that uh, they announced they're actually splitting up uh, recently. So that's odd. Uh, John Cena, Nikki Bella, things uh, things not going as well as one would assume. Trouble in Paradise. And I guess if you watch like Total Bellas and Total Divas, you kind of get the idea that things weren't always perfect. I mean, and, and you know, relationships are work and yada yada yada. Nothing's ever perfect, but a split altogether. Wow. Now, now, how is John Cena going to find someone somewhat attractive to date? How is Nikki Bella going to go on and find someone attractive to... Oh, they're going to be totally fine. Okay. 
Though I do find it kind of interesting that it's these two are separating. Darren, what are your thoughts? Um, well, if not for last year's marriage proposal, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I've, I, I have seen every episode of Total Divas and Total Bellas. I was a late adopter. I was a late bloomer. I think probably three or maybe even four seasons of Total Divas had already aired uh, before I ever watched. But when I decided to watch, I went back to the beginning. I watched all the way through. So I've been following the Bellas. I know way too much about them. And uh, through watching Total Divas and Total Bellas, I also know way too much about John Cena. And first of all, this dude is weird. Like, this dude <laughs> is is strange. Now, first of all, who isn't? You know, we all have our peccadilloes and our idiosyncrasies. But John Cena, I mean, come on, dude. Take a Xanax and stop and smell the roses, dude, because... You're going to let shit slip away from you. Oh, you know what? Like Nikki Bella. And uh, I think that John Cena's uh, high anxiety, high uh, sense of uh, anal retentiveness um, is exactly the thing that would drive somebody like a girlfriend or a spouse away, running and screaming, to be honest. Um, If not for the fact that they were engaged to be married finally after that being such a uh, point of contention between the two if not for that this wouldn't have surprised me at all just boyfriend and girlfriend sure they're gonna break up because john cena seems pretty intolerable but <laughs> after the fact that he finally decided to break down and propose and give up all his uh hang-ups on the idea of marriage and nikki wanting this more than anything else um it does come as a surprise. It does now all of a sudden come as a surprise because I thought once marriage was on the table, oh, well, now they are truly going to be together forever. You know, without Total Divas or Total Bellas currently on the air and not really following anything uh, any, in terms of news reporting on their personal lives, I was not aware. So this did come out of left field as well. And for it to come like the week after WrestleMania, it's like, well, they probably were split up before WrestleMania. They just didn't want to shit on their own WrestleMania weekend and everyone else's, so they waited till the, the week after. Right. Well, um, it's, it's like I said, like I said at WrestleMania 33, I thought it would have been better if John Cena finally did propose to Nikki Bella, and then Nikki Bella just tur- heel turned him and just like low blowed him. Yes. And that that, that would have been yes. pretty great. That would been great. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, they'll both be fine. Um, you know, I personally, not to get into my personal life but uh, too deeply, but for the sake of this conversation, you know, I'm not a big proponent of marriage. Um, I don't really understand the institution of marriage uh, any longer here in the 21st century. Um, but that being said, most people do, and most people have an expectation for people to be married. Now, if I were to wear that hat for one second and take a look at this uh, and remove my personal feelings from the equation, I would say good luck on ever getting married, John Cena. This sort of says to me, if you're not going to marry Nikki Bella after a marriage proposal and six years together and you already have one failed marriage, this dude's single for the rest of his life. He's gonna, you might could say he's going to die alone. <laughs> 
I, I understand as a human being, as a guy, I mean, this could, be, this could be true for a man or a woman. You know, you get married once and it fails, and then all the all the BS of getting divorced and, you know, the splitting of assets and, you know, uh, red tape and, and whatever you have to do to, to... I mean, I've never been married before, but I, I've seen, I've heard. Um, so the idea, the thought of getting married again is kind of like, oh, God, but, like, it... Basically, if you're in a long relationship that doesn't work out... You have to assume that any relationship could potentially not work out, and more, more more than most likely not work out. So why would you ever get married? I think I think I think we're getting a little too little too personal with this one. Um, that, that's kind of where I'm at in my life, though. I, I will say though, uh, Nikki, I am single, and I I will I will <laughs> consider marriage. Uh, you're so pretty. Um. So yeah, I mean they're gonna be fine. This 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 Kelly Kapowski slash Zach Morris uh, relationship, and that's the second Save by the Bell reference of the episode already. Um, <laughs> it fell apart, but uh, they're they're two beautiful human beings with money. They're gonna be totally fine. Yeah, and and regardless of of who he marries or sleeps with or shares a reality television contract with. John Cena can rest assured that when it is all said and done, he will love him or hate him. You can't deny that he is ever present. He is ever green and he is highly decorated. This man knows he will always have a place on WWE's Mount Rushmore. Unfortunately, three heads down from John Cena on what I consider the objective, the objective, not the subjective, the objective Mount Rushmore of WWE, which I have always said is Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and John Cena, we find Bruno Sammartino. And it is our unfortunate uh, task at this time to uh, comment on the passing of Bruno Sammartino legendary WWWF champion, um, longest reigning WWWF slash WWF slash WWE champion. <laughs> Bruno Sammartino, hero to millions, both contemporaneously and uh, timelessly. This is an Italian-American hero um, who was very, very uh, influential uh, in the Northeast, with ethnic minorities, with Italian-Americans, with Italian immigrants, as well as uh, any fan of pro wrestling. I mean, Bruno Sammartino comes from at least a generation, a true, like, human generation, uh, above our time, before our time as fans, and really two or three wrestling generations, if you will, uh, before our time. Nevertheless, even growing up, you and I could feel the presence and the impact of the legacy of Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who really, his time existed before wrestling really uh, had a place on television. Um, but you, it's a name you heard a lot when you were a kid. Uh, a lot of wrestlers paid respects to Bruno Sammartino. Uh, he was mentioned a lot uh, by commentary teams and, and what have you. Um, he showed up on WWE, WWF, WCW television 
on many occasions. He was he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, of course. Um, so I mean, you 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 know you might not know, but you know that you're supposed to know. You know what I mean? A Bruno right. San Martino. So it's it's sad uh, discussing the passing of Bruno San Martino at the uh, the age of 82. And I, we've talked about many times that wrestlers who have passed on, like, <laughs> you're very lucky to get to 82. I mean, anyone's lucky to get to 82. I mean, we've recently had a, a string of, uh, of celebrity deaths, uh, it seems. Like, these things always happen in threes, right? I mean... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, in the last 24 hours, it's like five or six, like... Yeah. Bruno, Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. Uh, former First Lady Barbara Bush. Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey. Uh, really been an odd couple of days. Yeah, it's it's uh, the happens in threes. Now it seems like it happens in fives nowadays. It's it, I, I, if, if I ever get famous and someone passes away, I'm going to like lock myself in my room and not leave for a week because I don't want to be part of it. Um, but anyway, so I mean, he he lived to a good age. He has a legacy that will live on forever. No, that is one record that WWE is not going to be able to break. Um, no. <laughs> there's no way. Right. There's no way. So I mean, he's he is one of the best, and he will always be that. So uh, Godspeed, Bruno San Martino. So back into uh, what's been going on post WrestleMania, and we're still going to get into, of course, WrestleMania 34, and of course. Uh, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, after this, we got to talk about what's been going on lately. And again, we're a week behind, so there's a lot to kind of get through. So it's not going to be chronological because a lot of this is, all of this is post-WrestleMania, which we've yet to talk about. Um, but Superstar Shakeup is going on on Raw and SmackDown Live. Uh, some people already showed up pre-Shakeup, which is the, the night after, you know, WrestleMania at Raw. And a SmackDown Live as well. And then the next week is the official Superstar Shakeup, where, of course, roster changes start happening, free agents, all that bullshit. Uh, people jump shows. And uh, that means a lot of people from Raw showing up on SmackDown Live, people from SmackDown Live showing up on Raw. NXT people being called up from NXT onto Raw and SmackDown Live. And uh, I got to say, I'm not a huge fan of how WrestleMania 34 ended at all. And I can't wait to get into that. But I, I am kind of excited about some of these shakeups. I really am. Some of these NXT call-ups. Uh, poor NXT. They're they're <laughs> going to suffer quite a bit. A lot of they'll talent be left. Fine. They'll no, be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be they fine. They always say that. They always say that. But NXT is so rich in talent. They will be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. But still, it was uh, it was quite a. Quite a big deal with uh, Ember Moon showing up on Raw, former NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she dropped the belt to Shayna Baszler, and the next night she shows up on Raw, which if you if you watched uh, Raw on Hulu, you wouldn't even see that happen because it wasn't on the Hulu version of Raw. Um, so Ember, Ember Moon now on Raw. Drew McIntyre, also a former champion, who I said would not come back again at NXT. He would go to the main show, and guess what? Perry was right. I actually called quite a few of these uh, to toot my own horn. Um, but anyway, so some, some SmackDown Live talent did show up on Raw. Jinder Mahal brought over the U.S. Championship, which he immediately lost to Jeff Hardy on Raw. Uh, the Riot Squad showed up on Raw, so Ru Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan now on Raw. Uh, Zack Ryder, Brazongo, Natalia, 
Dolph Ziggler, The Ascension, Mike Kanellis, Mojo Rawley, Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, and Chad Gable, now all on Raw. And it does seem kind of like, Dare mentioned this before, it seems like the rosters just basically switch shows. Right. So I'm not in love with the shakeup because the shakeup is supposed to see like an intermingling of these talents. And yes, yes, dear listeners, before you say, well, there is a brother. Yeah, I'm not saying literally 100% of the rosters switch places. But far too many people did. Yeah. You're just going to have too many of your same mid-card matchups. They're just going to be on a different show. That's not the spirit of a shakeup. That's not the nature of a shakeup. That's not the purpose of a shakeup. You did it wrong, WWE. You did it wrong. Wow. Well, uh, SmackDown Live, uh, some people jumping on board. Jeff Hardy brought that U.S. championship that he just won the night before over at SmackDown Live. Uh, the Miz is now on SmackDown Live. They actually broke up the Miz Tourage and the Miz, which I thought was was cool. I mean, again, not it happening, but the way it happened. They acknowledged that it had to happen. Uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are now on SmackDown Live. Samoa Joe on SmackDown Live, very surprising, considering he's fighting Roman Reigns at uh, Backlash. Uh, Big Cass made his return, finally, and now he's on SmackDown Live. Asuka, even though she was technically already on SmackDown Live going into WrestleMania, I guess she is now officially on SmackDown Live. Uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are now on SmackDown Live. I guess they ripped them apart from Finn Balor because they didn't know what to do with the three of them together. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar. Cesaro and Sheamus, they are now on SmackDown Live. R-Truth. To me, R-Truth is the big the big drafts <laughs> MVP. <laughs> really can't do a whole lot without him. But uh, NXT yeah, call-ups. Uh, he was jumping. I was like, oh, right. He's still important. Hey, he, he exists. Um, hey, I got an idea. Let's let's build up our truth a lot for his fight against Goldust, and then let's just not do anything with that at all, because uh, <laughs> that's exactly what happened, folks. Uh, NXT though, some NXT call-ups over to SmackDown, including the the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. They did actually attack Charlotte, who still had that women's championship belt, which infuriates me. They beat up Charlotte, only for Charlotte to uh, then immediately lose that belt to Carmella, who finally cashes in the money in the bank. I know Crystal, our, our buddy Crystal's very happy about that. Uh, me, not so much. Uh, so the Iconics are now on SmackDown Live. Andrade Almas, former NXT champion, is also coming to SmackDown Live. And uh, Sanity. Sanity minus Nikki Cross. So we get... Uh, Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, and Killian Dane, and uh, no Nikki Cross. A little, a little sad. I hope Nikki Cross doesn't lose any. I hope, hope Nikki Cross is kept the same exact way she has been on uh, NXT. Um, but I, I do, I do think she. I think everyone agrees she was the best part of Sanity. Why in the hell would you not call her up? I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's only because this is her time to get a shot. At the title, she can seriously uh, chase Shayna Baszler for it. That would be good. That would be good. I don't like how Sanity and Andrade almost didn't get like a just show up and that's cool. And said it was like a well, they're part of the roster now, folks. All right. Anyway, so look out for them next week. I didn't like it. Was just 
a picture. I think you get a video of Zelina Vega and Andrade Almos talking about coming to SmackDown Live. And I told you, I told you they liked Andrade enough not to just condemn him to 205 Live. And there's that word again. I try not to use that word. But basically, I thought that he was strong enough that he could just be a, a guy on SmackDown or Raw. I'm glad that they, they, they brought him on to uh, SmackDown Live for sure. Also, someone I forgot to mention. We forgot to mention Bobby Lashley's return to Raw as well. Um, so Bobby Lashley is now in the mix. And already it's kind of normal. Like, he's been back for all of, like, two weeks. And already it looks like Bobby Lashley never left. Uh, so... That's the way the landscape has changed here at WWE, folks. So get used to it, because that's what's going on. It'll take you about a week or two to adjust to the side of your favorite superstars on different shows, but that's just how it works. It, it, at first, it's always jarring and always like, what is he doing here? And then two weeks later, you forget that they were just on a different show. So that's how it works. Yeah, and, you know, we have a lot to talk about in upcoming weeks as we approach Backlash. Also, as we approach this monster known as the Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, my God. Which I feel like they're building up more than WrestleMania. I feel like this was like the actual WrestleMania. Well, the card is amazing so far. Um, the card looks better than the WrestleMania card. <laughs> I think this may actually have been what WrestleMania was supposed to be. Well, it's what WrestleMania would have been like 20 years ago. Right. It's like booking that makes sense, matchups that people definitely want to see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, you know, it's already next week is the greatest Royal Rumble. Ugh. But we will have an opportunity to talk about it on the show next week before the show uh, hits the network. So, dear listeners, look forward to us talking about the greatest Royal Rumble more in depth next week. And then we'll be talking about Backlash, because uh, more and more and more uh, spillover, hangover, whatever you'll call it, uh, from WrestleMania will continue to happen up through and including Backlash. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I won't say exciting, it's a very odd time right now, because they kind of crammed in this Saudi Arabia show, um, which I'm looking forward to talking about and uh, basically have a lot of negative things to say about it going into it. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like being that guy. I don't like being a negative guy. I really don't. I try not to be on the show, believe it or not. Um, but there, there are uh, I got some concerns, and we'll, we'll discuss those next week. Uh, as it is now, though, man, again, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. That was an awesome show. WrestleMania 34. That was a very long show. Let's talk about it, Darren. We had some predictions. We thought things might go a certain way. Man, were we wrong most of the time? Let's just get into it. Let's take our take our lashes. Let's analyze our head to head. Head to head. Saturday night, April seventh, two thousand eighteen, from the Smoothie King Center in downtown New Orleans, Louisiana. NXT Takeover. They took over New Orleans. They brought us five incredible matches in true NXT style. A two-hour network special that shows us the very best of what's next. It's NXT TakeOver New Orleans. We went head-to-head. Head-to-head. And it's been almost two weeks, but let's take a look back briefly at these matchups. See how we did with our picks 
and discuss a little bit of what happened. The opening match is the match, what many people call the match of the weekend, whether you're talking about Mania, TakeOver, Supercard of Honor, all the indie shows, all of the wrestling that took place in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. This is the show of shows, maybe. And this is the match of matches. That six-man ladder match, Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream. My God. Dream match is what it is. Ladder match for the inaugural North American Championship. I was quite surprised that the opener was this match, by the way. I thought for sure this would have gone on before the main event, which I was surprised the main event was what the main event was. Um, so, I mean, this this match, I mean, like we said, on paper, this match looks insane. And then when you see all these people in the ring, it was like, oh my God, they did it. Like, <laughs> they were about to right. have this match. So It was more than insane yeah. when it really happened. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it was, uh, it lived up to its, its hype, I gotta say. I mean, a lot of really cool spots. Ricochet doing that springboard-like uh, shooting star press off the... Off, off the top rope onto the outside. I mean, Ricochet doing what Ricochet does best. Everyone doing what they do best. And all of it was so good. Velveteen Dream does that elbow drop from that tall fucking ladder. Like, god damn, man. Like, it's it was just insane. That This is one of those matches where, like, we can talk about it. But just go watch it. Like, just, just go, just go watch, watch it. it. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we both picked Velveteen Dream. We thought... All the circumstances uh, surrounding Adam Cole doing double duty, not anticipating uh, uh, a swerve in another uh, capacity later, and all other things, uh, all other things considered, we really both felt that Velveteen Dream was going to walk out with this new title. He doesn't. We were wrong. And Adam Cole, baby, is the inaugural North American champion. Down in NXT. Good for Adam Cole. Yeah. Bringing it to home to the Undisputed Era. Very surprised Adam Cole goes over. I mean, surprised but not surprised, of course. Um, be- just because he already has so much going on. And I thought this was a good way to... Yeah, we both picked Velveteen Dream in this one. We thought, like, here's a good way to really honor Velveteen Dream without having to give him the NXT title. Uh, because he does such good work. Uh, Velveteen hit... Um, Hit Ricochet with that uh, rolling DVD on the on the propped up ladder. <laughs> Just like, oh my god! And I love the I love the spot at the end where it's all three ladders and all six men doing like the back and forth punches near the near the suspended title belt. Uh, and I was like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> so that, that I mean, the whole match is just totally insane. But yeah, uh, old Adam Cole Bebe, he does a walk away with that title. Title belt. And that is the coolest looking title belt I think I've ever seen, by the way. It's really great. Moving on, NXT women's action. Ember Moon defending against Shayna Baszler. And uh, this this uh, the big pet peeve here, of course, when uh, Ember Moon comes out first. A champion does not come out first. Uh, it, it would be a weekend of champions coming out first or second in a match with more than two people. Um, <laughs> so it kind of drove you crazy all weekend, but... That's always my first note. <laughs> Why is the champ coming out first? Um, uh, I like that Ember Moon dislocates uh, Baszler's shoulder, um, and Shana, Shana Baszler pulls a Riggs 
from Lethal Weapon and has to yeah, bash that's... her shoulder back that's into cool. place again. <laughs> um, so that that was interesting. And uh, I thought the the Baszler uh, countering the Eclipse with the with the chokehold, the uh, Kirabuta clutch, I thought was actually very very well done. And, and, and kind of like the first time they fought too, I thought Ember Moon was in it for far too long. But at least in the end, you know, she finally does uh, succumb to it. And uh, Shanna Baszler goes over on Ember Moon. But don't feel bad for Ember because, you know, as you heard the superstar shakeup, she immediately went to Raw. So I think she'll be okay. No, I think she'll be okay. Unless they uh, let her plop into uh, the obscurity of a, of a bloated women's division that is not have enough matches per night. But uh-huh. hopefully that will not be the case. Hopefully that will not be the case. Fingers we crossed. know it won't be at first. So what we hope is uh, that that ember catches fire uh, and then moves on beyond the initial push to, to really make something of herself. We wish her the best of luck, that's for sure. Well, I think she's one of the best talents in the women's locker room right now as far as uh, in-ring ability. So I, I think that's going to keep her relevant in uh, the in the raw locker room for sure, and staying in NXT, Shayna Baszler as the women's champion that's a very exciting prospect to me. I like the, I like Shayna Baszler on top. She adds so much legitimacy and so much badassery. That's what Baszler brings: legitimacy and badassery. That's what her shirt. That's what her NXT shirt should say. <laughs> well, and you know what, Shayna, you can have that one. I don't even want royalties for it. Oh wow, she's gonna send you a check, and you're gonna rip it up in front of her face and go, "Nope, not even. Don't even. Not even. I don't even want it. I don't, I don't even, even want, want it. it. I, w- I would never eat here. I would never eat here." <laughs> well, fair enough. We both said that Shayna Baszler would actually win the belt from Ember Moon. We got that one right. Hey, so we're one and one, Darren. Hey. Oh, hey, Perry. Yeah. We're probably done with Adam Cole, right? I mean, he's you knew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, Darren, Darren, Adam, Adam Cole already wrestled. You're not going to see him wrestle again because he already wrestled. There's a locker room full of people that could wrestle. So why would you have someone wrestle times. a second time? Why would you have someone wrestle a second time? Uh, well, exactly. As we've said many times, there's at least a hundred people. Yeah. Under, under contract with NXT, a hundred people. A hundred people. So Adam Cole, that's it for Adam. Oh, wait, no, here comes Adam Cole. Hey, Adam Cole, baby. (laughs) Adam Cole, baby. Stepping in for the injured Bobby Fish, Adam Cole is one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions with Undisputed Era member and buddy and former tag team partner, now tag team partners again, Kyle O'Reilly. Taking on the Authors of Pain and... The Potpourri team of Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn, the United Kingdom champion. Speaking of beautiful belts, that's a beautiful belt. That is a beautiful belt. It, it truly it is a beautiful needs, belt. It does. It needs more time in the sun because I, I like looking at it. And in this match, not only are the tag belts on the line, but also the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Trophy. Way to way to water down the the trophy and the the bracket and all of that. Way this to water is... down both. Like like yeah. it's it's yeah. If if it's for the belts, it's for the dusty classic. It's kind of like well, none either one doesn't look as important if they're kind of crammed. This is a total WWE move, by the way. It is. It is. <laughs> 
Not to mention the fact that you have Adam Cole pulling double duty. You find out kind of why during the match, but uh, they kind of solved the Adam Cole problem early on when Adam Cole gets powerbombed into the announce table and is basically dead for the entire match. Um, so it basically becomes AOP versus uh, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne for most of the match. So it is it is a good match for uh, the AOP and Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Uh, Strong and Dunne are just so so good. They are so good. Pete Dunne... Pete Dunne... Maybe his hair is at a, a weird length, or maybe he got too thin all of a sudden, but he looks kind of strange to me lately. You notice that as well? I don't know if I'd say strange, but he looks different. I, I think like when he's like mid-match and the hair is all kind of wet, dry, you know, and kind of poofed out. Like he looks kind of... He looks like someone wearing a, a Pete Dunne mask. Like, like remember, remember the, the Mankind Kane... Steve Austin masks the the shop zone used to sell back I in did. the Attitude Era. He looks like he's wearing one of those of himself. Oh, that's kind of creepy. Is actually. that a, is that a nice thing to say about a human being? I I think maybe uh, it, it isn't. I think maybe it isn't. <laughs> so I mean, the match is super good. Uh, your face looks like a rubber. Your face. <laughs> what? But the that's... match is very good. Uh, in the end, though, Pete Dunne hits the bitter end on O'Reilly and goes for the cover, and it looks like we're going to get what we wanted, which was basically Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne winning, which is what we called would happen. Uh, but no, Roderick Strong turns on Pete Dunne and pulls O'Reilly on top of Dunne, and O'Reilly gets the win. Roderick Strong joins the Undisputed Era, turning on his tag team partner Pete Dunne, which was very cool, because at this point you kind of forget there was that whole courtship of Roderick Strong to join Undisputed Era for a while, which probably not should have just happened. The, not to be confused with the courtship of Eddie's father. No, no, no. Um, which which should have happened then when that was going on. To me, this match was way too much. It was, it was you know, Tyler Bate getting injured, so Roderick Strong steps in, so it's Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, okay? And it's the Dusty Classic, and it's the Tag Team Championships, so we, we and and the new North American champion Adam Cole is involved, and and Pete Dunne, who is the European champion, and you, you get you get the the heel turn of Roderick Strong during Undisputed Era, and uh, uh, so like it was it was just too much happening at the same time. AOP does lose the match, but what I forgot to mention earlier, again, it's been two weeks, and two weeks is too long. AOP did get called up to Raw, so AOP now officially on the, the big show, quote-unquote. Um, so they'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, Undisputed Era, they win it all, man. Adam Cole had a good night. He had a really good night. North American champion, retained those tag team belts, Dusty <laughs> Dusty Classic Championship winner. Oh, man. He had, a, he had a good weekend. He had a good weekend. Yeah, that's a weird. I, that's the part I really, really don't like is now you've really made a convoluted history for that pretty cool concept of the Dusty Tag Classic. Now this year has like a whole bunch of asterisks by it. Yeah. And, and you know, and that sucks. But... This is, I mean, other than the doing double duty and Bobby Fish being hurt and all that, all that aside, the success that Adam Cole is receiving is precisely the success I knew he could, should, and would accomplish in NXT. 
So this is no big surprise to me. I don't necessarily like the weird way in which they've done it, but I believe that he is deserving uh, of of this type of attention because he is that type of talent. Not deserving in a sweckwitty fashion. <laughs> right. But deserving in a, uh, this is... This is the horse you want to back. This is who you want to invest in. The the you know you're going to have uh, big returns on investment with someone like Adam Cole. Well, it's safe to say that he's got plenty of people backing him because NXT is doubling and tripling down on him. It seems um, so. Undisputed Era, the, the a lot of a lot of big things have already happened with them, and a lot of bigger things are are sure to come. Um, so we got that one wrong, strong and done, did not go over, Undisputed Era did, which takes us to the sub-main event, uh, which is for the NXT title, which is, again, weird when the NXT title is not your main event at such a small, you know, show, only five matches on it. Uh, Aleister Black coming after Andrade Almas's NXT championship, and I remembered, uh, getting ready for this, that this is not the first time they fought each other. They fought each other la- like almost exactly a year ago at TakeOver Orlando, uh, where Aleister Black did put away Almas. And uh, would history repeat itself, Darren? Would it? You're the history guy. Uh, guess what? Spoiler alert, it does. <laughs> yes. History repeats itself. Aleister Black wins the NXT Championship by going over... A very competent Andrade Almas. This man carried this belt well. After too long floundering in the mid-card, Almas realizes his potential with this title run. Uh, He even realizes his potential, in my mind, here in the loss. You know, uh, Zelina Vega has been a a, a major part uh, in this success, uh, even on this night. You know, uh, the Hurricane Rana that she pulls off against uh, Aleister Black, uh, and even her pre- or just her presence during the entrance, at the ringside, in any vignette, doing the talking for uh, for Almas, as well as the fact that she can go, she can wrestle. She really can. Um, Zelina, Zelina, if Zelina was never with Andrade, Andrade never would have worked. It never would have worked. So it, it's worked out very well for Andrade, I got to say. Right, I'm glad they're keeping. And, I'm uh, glad they're keeping the band together too. With Zelina coming over with Andrade to SmackDown, otherwise, like they, they knew, they were like, it won't work unless unless uh, Zelina's there with them. So she's a she's a classic all time manager type. Pulls your foot up on the rope, keeps you from losing a match. She gets in sneaky little punches here and there. Sneaky little hurricanes. Yeah. You know, she she distracts the referee. She yells. She gets under the skin of the opponent. She's perfect for him. And she's pretty too. So it's kind of like a she she's all right. Uh, but no, she's really good at what she does. Andrade also very good at what he does. Man, how how great is that moonsault into a standing moonsault that Andrade does? Where top rope moonsault lands it. Opponent rolls out of the way. And then just on the spot, standing moonsault to hit the opponent that rolled away. That's such a beautiful move. You don't see gymnastics like that anywhere except in the Olympics. Yeah. And in Andrade Almas, apparently. Absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, Vega, Vega tries her best to interfere, and eventually the interference is what costs Andrade when Vega tries to splash Aleister Black, but actually lands on Vega, and uh, Aleister Black hits that Black Mass roundhouse kick on Vega, rolls him up and wins. New era in NXT, man, with Aleister Black as the champion. I'm looking forward to seeing who's coming after that belt. It's a new era. It's an undisputed era. It is an undisputed era indeed. So And Alistair Black. <laughs> undisputed Alistair Black. So we did call that one. We said Alistair would go over on Andrade. And uh, that's what happened. So, hey, not bad. We did it. Hey, we did it. <laughs> the next one, uh, the main event, which I did not think would be the main event, we were split on. I said Gargano would lose. You said Gargano would win. Uh, unsanctioned match, which means basically anything goes, and uh, it was uh, it was one for the books. It was actually a very very good match between the former tag team champions DIY, uh, Old Gargano and Champa. They uh, they did it. <laughs> they had a really great match. Well, finally, I mean, it's taken forever for this for this to happen. Um, I'm not complaining, but I am acknowledging that it takes for this, this took forever. I like a slow burn. I like a slow build. I like to see momentum be gained, not be force-fed. And we saw momentum slowly gain. We saw Gargano with a worked injury. Champa with a shoot injury. Uh, one person's on TV while the other is not. One person starts a program while the other one is gone. Etc. Etc. Champa comes back. Then, uh, God, how many times did the uh, Atlanta audience at center stage uh, during all those tapings? How many times did they see Champa come out and mean mug them or attack somebody, uh, including Gargano, with his crutches? <laughs> uh, if I if I had been at center stage, believe me, I still would have been cheering my ass off. But about the sixth or seventh time that Champa came out in one night because of the taping schedule, I'd be like, uh, do I have to be this enthusiastic still? <laughs> like, do I have to pretend that, oh my God, there is Tommaso Champa? Right, right. I mean, we, we felt that when we watched ROH film at uh, Center Stage in Atlanta. And like the fifth time you see Dalton Castle, it's like, all right, I get it. It's good. It's great. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's a shame when they can make you feel apathetic about some of your favorite wrestlers. Well, like, I mean, think about Hulk Hogan in his heyday coming out to Real American for, like, the fifth time. And it's, like, he used to, like, whee! You know, you, it can't be. Well, it's just like, all right, great. Maybe, maybe Hulk Hogan I would. Yeah, okay, well, Real American's uh, definitely a, a different story altogether. And the fans weren't having it with Champa. Champa comes out, and you hear the asshole chant. You hear the fuck you Champa chant. So the audience, uh, not on Champa's side. It seems like it's all Gargano here. Oh, it's all Johnny Wrestling. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Wrestling is going to work his ass off, and uh, he's going to do his best to stay in this match. But uh, but Champa is, is, is a monster, you know? He is. He proved himself a really good heel, um, and like a good heel wrestler as well. Like, like just a good villain. Like, like straight up just villain... Um, and this match is great. Like you said, it has all the great ingredients of these two, like the betrayal and, oh, they were best friends and it, it's, it's very well done. And there's a, 
a slow buildup, a slow burn because Champa was out for so long with a leg injury. Um, but it it all culminates in this great match. Uh, there's, a, there's a part where Gargano throws Champa into the commentary team, and uh, <laughs> you hear a Mamma Mia chant for uh, Mar Ronaldo, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, Champa suplexes Gargano off of the table, which looked painful as hell, onto the mat. Um, there's a lot of really great spots here. A lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of like two and a half counts and a lot of just big cool moves and. Uh, it's just, it's a great match. Champa steals the crutches from a fan who is just standing by himself ringside with a, with a security guard and Champa steals the kid's crutches and the security guard like escorts the fan away. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, the wrestler just stole that man's crutches. You're going to make him, you're going to make him hop for the rest of his life, I guess. Um, so they could have, they could have planned that a little bit better, I thought, but. Uh, in the end, Champa, who's wearing that super Steve Austin knee brace, takes it off to uh, do more effective knees on Gargano. Uh, but it, that actually is used as a weapon against Champa in the end when uh, Gargano makes Champa tap out and he's got that brace like in his mouth pulling back. It was look painful as hell. Uh, so Gargano does get uh, Champa to quit. And Gargano goes over on Champa. You were right, Darren. I was right. I just felt like that's what they had to do. Even if Gargano finds himself moving to a different show soon or later, uh, I knew he had to get reinstated in NXT. I just felt that's what they had to do first. And that's why I knew that Gargano would win this time. If it was the only way for him to, uh, in the storyline, be reinstated in NXT as an employee, uh, then because of that being the only method, the only route, I had to go with Gargano, and so I did. Now, as far as our head-to-head head to head. goes, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it this time. Well, I hope Three you choke two. on it. I hope you choke on it, Darren. Three to two, me. Two to three, you. So, with only five matches, it is that one Big difference, and it is the main event that we differed on, the Gargano-Champa match. I went with Mr. Wrestling, and you went with the Sicilian Psychopath. (laughs) As uh, as I commonly do in life. That's true. You give me a choice, I will always choose the Sicilian Psychopath. Yeah. Hey, Perry, what would you like for dinner? Uh, Give me a Sicilian Psychopath, which sounds like a pizza, so it does. Yeah. Ooh, let's go get a pizza. Ooh, let's go get a Sicilian psychopath pizza. Sicilian psychopath. Yeah, exactly. It's Italian sausage. It's Italian sausage and razor blades. So. Ah, ooh, that's a bitch to eat. That's a little, it's a little, it's a little rough on the uh, the roof of the mouth. Darren, you can take the sausage off. Yes. You know I don't like Italian sausage. You know why? Why is that? Because it has fennel in it. Oh, and fennel, fennel is no good, man. Do you like fennel? It's fine because I, I, I must because I like Italian sausage. So fennel is gross. Fennel and star anise, anything that tastes like black licorice, please keep it away from my real food. <laughs> I don't like it in black licorice. I certainly don't want to taste that flavor in meat. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So that was NXT Takeover New Orleans. Some people said it was. The, the, the show of the weekend, uh, typically people say NXT shows are better, pay-per-views are better than WWE pay-per-views. 
And wrestling-wise, I'm going to have to say, yeah, I agree with that completely. But um, that's just me. So that's NXT TakeOver New Orleans. NXT TakeOver hashtag NOLA. And uh, that's it. Let's go into WrestleMania 34. WrestleMania 34, WrestleMania New Orleans, WrestleMania New Orleans 2, WrestleMania Fleur de Lis. What did you call it, dear listeners? I called it all of those things, and if you follow us on Instagram, you'd know that. It was WrestleMania 34, though. I like to call it by the old school Roman numerals. Vince, you're wrong. It doesn't make you sound old. It makes you sound epic. It makes you sound great. You won a bunch of WrestleManias under your belt. Hell, you got 34 of them now. That's a damn amazing accomplishment, fella. And WrestleMania 34 did come to you from New Orleans on Sunday, the 8th of April, 2018. The year of our Lord. (laughs) Yes, the year of our Lord. And I was there. Perry, where were you? I was looking for you. I was in my apartment. Uh, my, my buddy Brian came over. He watched WrestleMania. We got some delicious Jack in the Box uh, during one of the more boring matches. And uh, Ooh, Did you get Jack in the Box tacos? Of course. Of course. Ah! Two, two for a dollar, Darren. How could you not? Are they still? It's, uh, it's been 12 years since I've had a Jack in the Box taco. Are they still two for a dollar? Two for a dollar. Still two for a dollar. That's insane. The The housing market collapse of 2008, the Great Recession, Jack in the Box said, fuck you, our tacos are still two for a dollar. <laughs> God bless them. God bless them all. Oh, man. Dear listeners, get thee to a nunnery or get thee to a Jack in the Box and get these prefab tacos. They are what dreams are made of. And so is WrestleMania 34 down on the bayou. If you and Brian were eating two for a dollar jack-in-the-box tacos, I was definitely drinking far too expensive Coca-Cola in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I could have gotten, I don't know, roughly a hundred tacos from jack-in-the-box for what I spent on beverages alone at the Superdome. But I was there with John Bring and Jared Hill, dear friends from life, friends of the show, and dear listeners, and it was pretty damn cool it was a it was a really different experience than we all took in together last year in orlando at the ultimate thrill ride wrestlemania 33 to go from an outside wrestlemania back to an inside wrestlemania there is an element of uh of slight downgrade now eighty thousand people are eighty thousand people are eighty thousand people so You still feel like, holy shit, where am I? This is amazing, and it's loud, and it's jam-packed, and it's electric. But there is something special about the open-air stadium. It it definitely adds to the the overall epic feel of the thing. Nevertheless, WWE knows how to put on a show, like I always prefer to call it, the showcase of the immortals. It really is a special evening, whether you're watching – on the network or whether you're there in person there is no other night like it it's the reason that that entire week uh sees the uh, descending of the entire wrestling industry and all the wrestling fans of planet earth uh arriving all for this night so it's very cool to be there nice nice i'm glad you had a positive experience i had high hopes for wrestlemania uh we talked about it on the show 
Obviously, WrestleMania is a very exciting time. The card looks so good. Uh, not not too uh, happy with the outcome. And uh, if you if you listen to our last episode where we talked about uh, well our head to head head to head where we discussed you know the people who should be winning the matches and and what makes sense storyline wise and we got swerved we got swerved big time. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little angry about some of the outcome here. Uh, actually, I'll change that to a lot of the outcome here. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's get into it. I don't want to rain on Darren's parade, though. I know when you're there, it's, it's a big deal. It's special. It's WrestleMania. It's fun. So, uh, I'm glad we took a week off for me to calm down because I, 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 I start, I felt like what Darren felt like, uh, at last year's Rumble when, uh, Roman Reigns came out and Randy Orton won the Rumble. Um, it, it was that degree of anger. Um, and I, I wanted to stop watching wrestling altogether, but I've calmed down. I've calmed down, and I will continue on, folks. I know your listeners, you're thinking you can't end the whole ref and show now, Perry. And, and for you, for you, dear listeners, I'm gonna keep it going, okay? So let's let's get into this, man. The very first thing we get to see is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and uh, what a sight! What a sight! Forty forty plus superstars crammed into the ring. Uh, is that how many there were? Were there really that many? I don't know. There could have been more. Could have been less. I don't know. Thirty or forty, whatever. Uh, whoever's left of the roster uh, that gets that WrestleMania paycheck. Um, I mean, battle royals are are fun in theory, but they don't really get good until there's about maybe the last like ten people because you can't freaking move in a battle royal situation. Um, right now, now we we actually had very good seats. Um, we were that very first uh, little elevated section, so we were right off the floor, so we didn't have to worry about an obstructed view. We had just a little bit of elevation, and uh, so the seats were great, but it is very difficult uh, in a true battle royal where the match starts with all the competitors. It could be 10, it could be 40, and it's hard to tell because the bodies just are sort of all meshed together in one big mass of humanity. Well, what's even worse is if you're watching WWE Network, um, you had to watch WrestleMania, and many of you probably were, um, you, you notice that if you watch this, they're playing commercials during the match, and it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, Finn Balor fighting The Miz we're like, oh, what's going to happen on the, the on Raw? And then you come back and they're still wrestling. It's it's a battle royal, so people are just missing when you come back from commercial. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize they did that. Yes, of course they did that. It's WWE Network. They're going to play commercials at the worst possible time. That doesn't make any sense. Who are you advertising? You're not getting any advertising revenue. You're not paying yourself for these commercials, damn it. They're all, they're also advertising the show that you're watching. These are like ads for like Lesnar versus Reigns later tonight and shit. Ah! <laughs> I don't know the method behind the madness. Anyway, so... It's like, the- saying, it's like hey, hey, how's that Mountain Dew you're drinking? Is, do, do, how about you keep drinking it? Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> Um, so anyway, it, it's it's a good thing that all these guys uh, got a got a WrestleMania payday. That that's what's cool. There are some cool spots within the uh, the actual uh, Battle Royal itself. Actually, some uh, the commentary is actually done by Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross uh, during this. And uh, Jr. actually made me laugh um, because he <laughs> uh, there's, there's a spot where Titus O'Neil is like kind of cleaning house, and he just he's he's after someone I forget who, but he just for no reason goes after gold dust like like in the middle of beating someone else up 
And JR says, like, oh, apparently Titus O'Neil having an animosity against Goldust all of a sudden. And just because <laughs> JR was totally there in that moment with me where he realized that psychologically there's no reason for Titus to go after Goldust <laughs> right now. And I, I was I totally locked on to that. I was like, yes, JR, yes. So, JR, you popped me. Good good job, bud. <laughs> That's great. See, you're gonna see. This is this is good. This is you're gonna be able to tell me about the things I did not see and hear. Um, one of the things that I started getting text messages from a million different people. By the way, when I walked out of the Superdome, I had 86 text messages Jeez. when I walked out of the Superdome because of all of these people, and not 86 individuals. Uh, it was a large number of individuals, but everybody texting multiple times, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they're not texting any context in there. They're not saying, like, <laughs> wow, look what Rusev just did. Right. Or, I can't believe so-and-so won. It's just, oh, my God, holy shit, did you see that? What was that like live? So I have no idea how to respond after the show to all these texts. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, for, for my jack-in-the-box break, I, I got a little behind, so I had to avoid looking at my phone for a while, because I didn't want to get, like, you know, some big update when I hadn't got there yet, but that, that, that that's that's a lot of fun to decipher what people are talking about. Um, <laughs> but One of my, uh, my all-time favorite uh, network snafus is uh, WrestleMania 30, which was the first ever WrestleMania on the WWE Network. Also from New Orleans, WrestleMania New Orleans won, uh, in which because everyone's network uh, feed was not quite in sync, and they still aren't, but they really, really weren't three months into the uh, the launch of the network, and uh, I accidentally sent a few uh, spoiler texts about the Undertaker's streak ending. And uh, there, are, there are several people in this world who will never forgive me for that one. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, blame the network. Well, that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, uh, I caught the, the replay of the WrestleMania where Cena and The Rock fought each other. And some <laughs> this guy was like, why would they put The Rock over Cena? <laughs> I was like, I haven't gotten there yet. All right, thanks. <laughs> um, anyway, so WrestleMania 34, this is going on. Battle... Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Uh, final three, Baron Corbin, Mojo Raleigh, and Matt Hardy. Of course, uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Darren's pick to win this whole thing. My guy, Dolph Ziggler, makes it to like the top six or so, but he gets thrown out, and I'm like, no, I, it was my time. Uh, Baron Corbin, of course, Mojo Raleigh, they they both have won the Andre the Giant uh, in the past. Um, so it's kind of like, are they going to make one of these guys do a, a, a two-peat? Is that going to happen? Or uh... Yeah, and, and, and when I saw that they were the final three, I said, oh, ho, ho, things are looking good for me because they are not about to put that trophy back into the hands of someone. No. Not this early on in the, in the life of that trophy. Yeah, so it becomes Corbin and uh, Raleigh against Matt Hardy, but oh, Matt Hardy's got a white knight, or should I say a... A knight dressed in black with long dreadlocks and acts really creepy. Uh, Bray Wyatt shows up and actually helps Matt Hardy win. Uh, so Matt Hardy wins the Andre uh, Battle Royal. And then uh, old Darren, he gets that one right. Which, it's not easy to call a Battle Royal or Royal Rumble. But Darren, you did it. No, I was I was sitting there and I was rather surprised. Uh, uh, it is incredibly difficult to pick a Battle Royal or Royal Rumble winner. 
And uh, while I had feelings that they would go that direction with Matt Hardy, um, still surprised. Sitting there, sitting there in the Superdome that night, I, I thought, that's odd. That's very odd that I successfully picked a battle royal. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, the next matchup, I would continue uh, to have chosen correctly. And I, and I thought to myself, well, two matches down, 11 or 12 to go. I'm probably going to pick this show perfectly. And I, I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't even come close. Not but so much. Not so much. That second match uh, was a good one. In terms of pure wrestling, this is what the rest of the card should have been. This is the difference between WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom. While so many people are truly beginning to champion what New Japan does with Wrestle Kingdom each January, this is why. Because from the top of the card to the bottom in New Japan, matches look like the Cedric Alexander-Mustafa Ali match. And Alexander Ali are not the two best known people in the company or in the wrestling world. I'm sure there were, out of 80,000 people, there were probably a couple thousand people there in attendance who had no idea who they were. It's usually, it's usually the girlfriends, the, the guys who bring their girlfriends. And I want to go to WrestleMania, honey. I want you to waste several hundred dollars on the ticket alone, honey. Well, that's, that's being in a relationship anyway, Darren. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're really down to relationships on this episode. We need to watch that. Um, so, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Darren, of course, speaks of Mustafa Ali versus Cedric Alexander. It is for the vacant Cruiserweight title. The winner will become the new Cruiserweight champion, something 205 Live has not had in quite some time. I was about to say, this is the culmination of the longest-lasting tournament ever. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel like this tournament has just dragged on and dragged on and dragged on. And, you know, I don't catch 205 live every week, so I was also, there was never that sense of urgency. I never felt like I was on the edge of my seat to see each piece of the bracket uh, uh, move forward. And so just sort of hearing about it, 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 it seemed to be even, seemed to take even longer. But the payoff is here. And I am on board. Well, where better to have the, the final than WrestleMania 34's kickoff show? And here we are. <laughs> uh, again, Ali versus Alexander is a really great match. It's superb wrestling. These guys know how to wrestle, and they do it very well. And they obviously said, let's go out there and show them what you know, two cruiserweights can do. And it's great. It's just a good match. Go watch it. Uh, in the end, though, Alexander... Cedric Alexander comes away with the win. He is your new cruiserweight champion, and uh, Darren and I we picked him. So hey, way to go us! Yeah, I don't know that Alexander will ever be the next Ric Flair, and I will never let Cedric Alexander live down those words. I'm a fan, but uh, when Cedric <laughs> Alexander said during the cruiserweight classic that he hoped to be the next Ric Flair, I always thought well, it's a pretty tall order there. But uh, but hey. <laughs> A championship victory at WrestleMania, you're, you're kind of in Ric Flair territory. Yeah. So good for you, Cedric Alexander. And there's one more match here before the show starts properly. They're going to get another battle royal. So before the show even comes on, we've seen like 70 wrestlers. <laughs> and that, that's not an exaggeration. That's, that's uh, wow, a testament to the depth. Perhaps... Um, 
maybe a little too deep, as Tina Thompson <laughs> said on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Um, in the third match of the evening, we get to see the women's not fabulous moolah battle royal. Yes, well done. Now, uh, in this match, I picked Ruby Riot to win. She seemed to me to be uh, by far the best candidate for, for this victory. She seemed uh, positioned based on her uh, main roster push thus far, uh, where she's not quite at the top, definitely not at the bottom. She, she's a hot commodity. She's, she's got a lot of fanfare. She's got a lot of smart marks behind her. She's got a lot of heel heat behind her. And, and I think you agreed with me that Ruby Riot seemed the logical choice here. Actually, I said it first, and you agreed with me, but yes, uh, we're on the same page about that one. I um, I just thought, like, it's it's like King of the Ring. You, 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 you don't become the champion, but we want to give you something. We want to acknowledge that, you know, you're building towards something. So I thought, what better way than just give her this, uh, this non-fabulous moolah uh, battle royal win? Uh, was not to be, though. It does come down to the, the final folks. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are involved. Bailey throws out Sasha, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, just Bailey just doing that out of nowhere. Um, I'm also tired of Sasha's second place uh, uh, moral victories. It's bullshit. Um, <laughs> and actually, Naomi. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't get one here. No, she doesn't. She doesn't get one here because you mentioned that Naomi is still in the match, but uh, I don't know what it was like on television. But in person, I had no idea Naomi was still in this match. So when she gets back in the ring, I'm like, uh, heel turn? Like, what? You know, what, what's happening here? Yeah, God of the day is in a battle royal or a royal rumble where people will just take a powder, just laying on the canvas, like up in the turnbuckle. You know, and now it's like people get thrown out for 20 minutes. They come back and they go, oh, so-and-so is still, they're still legal. They're still legal. So Naomi actually runs in there and gets the win, um, throwing out uh, the last couple people. And that's, that's, I mean, Naomi's had some pretty good WrestleManias back-to-back. She uh, won the Women's Championship uh, <laughs> the last WrestleMania. And this one, she wins the first ever women's non-fabulous moolah. Uh, Battle Royal, so uh, they're still investing quite a bit in Naomi's stock at WWE, Uh, but I I mean, Naomi's someone who doesn't really need that extra bit. There's so many new women to give that to. I I don't know why you give it to Naomi, and I take nothing away from Naomi, she's great, but I mean, just give her the belt back if you're going to do that. (laughs) Well, I I agree. I'm a fan of Naomi's. I don't think that she's the best wrestler in the world. She's certainly not the best wrestler on this roster, but she's very entertaining, She's, uh, I think she's a good person. I think she's a hell of an employee. And, and therefore, I am a fan of hers. But I'm with you. This this uh, trophy needed to go to somebody who's, who's just taking off. Right. Ruby Riot, again, the logical choice. And if you really want to swerve, then give it to somebody else from the Riot Squad. Or maybe, you know, give it to one of the heels from Absolution. If you're going to give it to a veteran, then give it to somebody who has not had the success that Naomi has had lately and give it to like Becky Lynch or maybe Natalia. Uh, my vote would be to go for Becky Lynch. That is if I'm booking. Uh, Naomi just seems an odd choice. It, I, I'm happy for her, whatever. Just not, not my choice. No, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, look at the men's battle Royal the last, the first two years, Baron Corbin, who was brand new, Mojo Raleigh, who was brand new. You give it to people to kind of build them up. <laughs> Matt Hardy, who was, uh, brand new. Um, <laughs> so I guess you and I both said Ruby Riot. We were both wrong, so that that's an X in our columns. 
but with that, we move on to the actual card. So you just saw 7,000 wrestlers. Now the night can begin. Welcome to WrestleMania 34, uh, Florida Lee, as uh, they often call it. And uh, it begins with the IC Championship match. We got Seth Rollins taking on Finn Balor, taking on The Miz. The Miz defending his championship belt. He's so close to breaking that record for holding on to the belt for so long. So we thought, man, WWE loves their records. But it gives The Miz more of a reason to try to get it back. Uh, which, good luck, you're now on the show that does not have the IC belt. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how that quite factors in, but... C'est la vie? Uh, we'll see. I think even more important than that IC title right now is the inevitable Miz-Daniel Bryan feud. That's way more important. Miz can go back to the IC legacy later. Um, I thought it was pretty cool Jeff Jarrett calling out the Miz as being like a great IC champion at the Hall of Fame. Um, that, that was pretty cool. And Miz seemed equally surprised. The look on his face was like, really? Thanks, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I never liked you, Jeff Jarrett, he seemed to say <laughs> with his look. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I guess last year, uh, Seth Rollins was the King Slayer. So as he fought the King of Kings, Triple H, at WrestleMania 33, we got to see Seth Rollins in his best Jamie Lannister. Whereas this year, uh, replete with the icy cold eyes, I guess we got to see uh, the Night King or, or, or what have you. And uh, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, I like it. It's different. Um, doesn't get the magnificent entrance, so he gets the magnificent garb, if you will. Uh, Finn Balor decked out in rainbows and joined by New Orleans uh, Glad chapter. Balor Club is for everyone. And the Miz basically doing the Miz thing. Uh, I'm not really sure where they're doing the Miz these days because he comes out with the Miz Taraj and he's like, no, no. I do this alone, guys. I do this alone. Very, very unmiz. Um, yeah, very odd accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's talking kind of weird. Uh, anyway, um, so I mean, it, it is a good match. It's, it's what you would expect. Uh, these guys in a triple threat match. Uh, it does deliver as far as entertainment and wrestling value and all that stuff. In the end, though, Miz does not come away with that title. Actually, Seth Rollins, the guy who needed it the least, I'd say. Uh, actually uh, pins The Miz and comes out with the belt. So, new IC champion. Seth Rollins, you and I both said The Miz would win, and we were both incorrect. We were both incorrect. Seth Rollins is not only who I didn't pick, but who I would have picked last. Had I not so confidently picked Miz, I would have picked Finn Balor. Seth Rollins, like you said, needs this the least. Now he's still, he's still got it here two weeks later, and I don't know why he, he doesn't need it i don't need to see him slinging around his head in the middle of the ring you know first of all i need finn balor to matter can we please get finn <laughs> balor to matter sorry i mean this guy was literally on top of the wwe universe a year and a half ago and now nothing who injured him uh, yeah exactly oh, oh okay that's very interesting very interesting uh, well, speaking of disappointment, uh, the next match is for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair taking on Asuka, the belt against the streak. Uh, this could have been a really, really great match. I thought it was a very good match. Um, it, it didn't blow my socks off. I mean, I, watching these guys wrestle, I realized, uh, excuse me, watching these ladies wrestle, I realized like these are like two of the best women wrestlers in on the planet. On the planet. And, and Right, on the planet and of all time. Right, exactly. 
Um, you've got the, you, the queen and the empress. Right. And it's, uh, I, I like that Charlotte Flair's entrance was a, a throwback to Triple H's entrance where she was just like a, like an extra, basically like a, you know, a, 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 I don't want to say like, like a slave, like a, like a woman slave to the king no, she was. on the throne. She was a total, she was a total concubine. Her and Alexa and Sasha, yeah. while they were still in NXT, were total like concubines to this weird Conan the barbarian thing that Triple H is always playing off of. And now she is the queen, and now she has these men who are NXT folk, by the way. Um, uh, I, what, who were they? Who I, were I, the I, I forget I forget who's who, but I, I know it's it's all NXT guys. Um, so it, now it's her as the queen and all the all the slave men that cater to her every whim and feed her grapes and massage her feet. I don't know what they do. Um, but anyway, so the, the match... Well, they feed her grapes and they massage her feet. Apparently. Oh, that's all women really want, again. That was an excellent entrance. And, the, the and like, in addition to that, playing also Sprock Zarathustra, the real version, before her version starts. Right. Uh, a really nice extra touch. Yeah, and, and the match is good. Um, Oscar rolls with the natural selection and counters with the, the Oscar lock. That was beautiful. I, I haven't seen anyone ever do that. Uh, that was awesome. Um, and, uh, man, even the, mat the match is good. And, and you think, like, Asuka needs to win this and win the belt and be champion for a while. Instead, Charlotte Flair throws on the figure eight and Asuka taps to the, the figure eight. And I was so let down by that and so just amazed. That, to me, is like Goldberg having the streak, getting to the Nitro where he has to beat Scott Hall so that he can fight Hollywood Hogan for the belt later that night, getting to Scott Hall, beating Scott Hall, and then just losing to Hollywood Hogan. Then no one would give a shit about Goldberg anymore if that happened. And guess what? That just happened to Asuka, and no one's going to give a shit about Asuka anymore. If you ask me, Asuka, that should have been it for Asuka. Like, okay, I didn't beat Charlotte. I'm going back to New Japan. Fuck you. Like, I mean, totally, because now it's like Asuka's defeated. Now she's going to lose every match. It won't matter anymore. And on top of that, Charlotte loses the belt on the next SmackDown immediately. The Iconics come out to greet Charlotte. They beat up Charlotte. Carmella cashes in her money in the bank, immediately pins Charlotte, and wins the Women's Championship. You could let Asuka and Charlotte do a little bit of business for a few months, you know, Carmella's great at holding that Money in the Bank briefcase anyway. Who, what, what's a few more months to you? Let Asuka be champion for a while. Well, to me, what that was was a glaring example of how, say what you will, WrestleMania is either the season finale, the season premiere, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the Raw after Mania, it's the season finale, it's the season premiere. I don't care what you call it, first of all, Neither of those shows are more than six or seven days uh, before or after another show. And in fact, WrestleMania and Raw After Mania are literally 24 hours apart. And yet with events like Charlotte beating Asuka at Mania and then Charlotte losing on SmackDown to Carmella, it seems like, well, wait a minute, you've just placed an opaque wedge between like this 24 or 48-hour period. It only makes sense if you look at it through a, like a telescope from years away where you can separate the two nights. 
But when the two nights are right there and they're happening, it doesn't make sense. I, what I'm doing is I'm agreeing with you completely. I'm saying years from now, we may not harp on the on the fact that this happened and it happened this way. But right now, while we're living it, it's like, wait a minute, didn't this just happen? This doesn't make any sense. Why would you do this? Right. No, the wound's very fresh, and it just it it it, it was very irritating. the The outcome of the match, Oscar not winning, is one thing. But Charlotte and Asuka kind of have their moment in the ring afterward, and Asuka says Charlotte was ready for Asuka. And it's like, that, that, that's pretty that's pretty cool, I guess. And then, while the match is still kind of ending with Charlotte walking away, referee comes running out of the entranceway, runs over to John Cena, who was sitting in the audience as a, as a fan the entire time. They cut to him a thousand times. Um, he has to look interested in every match that he watches, which serves very hard for Cena to do. Um, and, of course, the referee whispers to Cena that and the Undertaker is there, and Cena hops the railing and runs up the up the ramp, like, past Asuka, who's, like, walking up the ramp, so it was like, uh, women's, okay, whatever, fuck, Cena, Cena, more about Cena. So it kind of was like, all right, we'll undercut that moment, too. So that whole thing was kind of thrown together poorly, I thought. Uh, anyway, uh, we both said Asuka would win because she should have won. Uh, Charlotte Flair retained. Move on before I get really upset. U.S. title action. U.S. title, Darren. People wanted to see this match, right? Randy Orton versus Rusev versus Jinder Mahal versus Bobby Roode. U.S. championship match. Yeah, people wanted to see this match. I wanted to see this match. I wanted to see this match so bad that this is when I went to the bathroom. Yeah, this <laughs> is my. This is actually my Jack in the Box match. Uh <laughs> There you go. Um, not only to the bathroom, but also to the WrestleMania Superstore. Um, I missed this entire match. And I am a huge fan of Jinder Mahal and of Rusev. And yet, I'm so underwhelmed with main roster Bobby Roode, and I hate Randy Orton, that this was a no-brainer for me to head uh, to, the, to, the, to the urinal trough. Head to the head. Not confused with head to head. Head to head. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I mean, you're you're a huge Jinder Mahal fan. I was like, well, you missed Jinder Mahal's match at WrestleMania because that's, that's how much you hate the idea of this gonna, match. I get it. I get it, man, and I'm Randy with Orton. you. It's Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a momentum killer. I <laughs> I thought he was a legend killer. I've been getting it no, wrong all these not, years. Oh, no, they need to change that. Go back and like reprint all those T-shirts to say momentum killer. <laughs> momentum killer. I mean, I, I, like, I, I see Randy Orton and, you know, uh, I hear voices, uh, you know, I have horses in my shed and I want it all to go the way of the dodo. Please, please get rid of Randy Orton. Please. I mean, he completely kills this match. Had it been Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, Rusev, I would have, I would have definitely waited to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, all I all I had to hear was that stupid music, and see you know his weird you know. Ugh. I, I'm such I'm such a not I'm such a non fan. That's fine. That's fine. The match is pretty uh, pretty average. It's not a bad match, but it's kind of like a ah, who who cares match. Uh, Jinder Mahal though comes out with a victory. Um, I am happy about that. I'm happy uh, with how it ended. Well, there you go. That's something. Well, and then of course he won't hold on to the belt very long. <laughs> he ha he was champion for for almost twenty four hours, Darren. Well, you know that's uh, again. There's that uh, that opaque wedge that only Vince's telescope from the future 
uh, can interpret his booking. Yeah, that's 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 the worst shit. Um, <laughs> we both said Rusev would win because why not? Uh, but nope, Jinder Mahal goes over, surprised us. Well, I, I will tell you this: out of out of all seven hours of WrestleMania, the 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 most consistent, longest lasting, and loudest chant was Rusev Day. I can imagine so. Yeah. Uh, when we walked, uh, when we arrived at the Superdome. Thousands and thousands of people outside the Superdome in line just chanting Rusev Day. It's hot, man. It's what they want. So, of course, you yeah. want to reward Rusev. You want to elevate Rusev. No, you want to keep him in the gutter uh, where you put him. Uh, okay. Also, the uh, loudest, most consistent, and longest-lasting chant at Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor 12, Rusev Day. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like when your New Japan ROH chants interrupt WWE programming. That's what it feels like. Um, I, I, okay, that, that, that's fine. So we're going to move on because the U.S. title, there, there's no excitement whatsoever. I think we both can agree, though, we're glad it wasn't Orton who won, correct? Cool, cool, could not be more correct. And we can agree that the U.S. Uh, title lineage over the last year has been just absurd uh, and, and god-awful. And <laughs> very forgetful. Uh, yeah. So moving on, mixed tag match. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon taking on Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey making her WWE debut. Triple H trying to stay as relevant as possible, trying to hog the spotlight as much as he can. Some things never change, Darren. Some things never change. No, and speaking of hogs... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm talking about Harley Davidsons here. I'm talking about big motorcycles. Okay, I thought. <laughs> no, speaking of hogs, <laughs> Triple H had to make sure that he got a tricycle hog of uh, indescribable size for Stephanie to ride alongside with him to the ring this year instead of riding on the back of it. And um, still, I dug it. Good entrance. Uh, there, she's a motorcycle mama, and he, you know he, he's a he, he's whatever. He's he's a Harley Davidson. Uh, he, he's a biker dude, and um, all the all the all the chicks on the motorcycles leading him out. I really thought it was cool. All the women, uh, all the women, Darren. Sure, uh, <laughs> if you will, if you will. Okay, they'll have their televised uh, evolution eventually. Um, for now, they're motorcycle chicks. Yeah, next year, Triple H, you got to come up with something different. This is two years in a row with an escort. Last year, it was Orlando's finest. This year, it's New Orleans' hottest. But next year, uh, we, need, we need a new entrance, buddy. But dug it this year. Uh, really excited. So again, could not be happier that Ronda Rousey uh, is coming out to, to her particular theme music. I think this is the match of the night. I really think this is the match of the night. This had that WrestleMania feel, that true blue historic WrestleMania moment, WrestleMania feel. It was bigger than a wrestling match. It was bigger than uh, a new, a, a newly signed wrestler. It was bigger than a celebrity guest star. It was what WrestleMania of years past have been. This is that moment of this show to me. Yeah, it has a star quality. Um, it has the uh, the new factor because Rousey had yet to really do anything in the ring. Um, and involves you know people familiar faces Kurt Angle Triple H Stephanie McMahon of course there there's there's pride on the line 
there was a good amount of build-up for it. So, no, it's it's it has all the makings of a great WrestleMania match, and it it delivers. It, it is it is good stuff. It ends appropriately. Ronda Rousey making Stephanie McMahon tap out to the armbar, um, and uh, it's the way it needed to go. And uh, we I mean we figured that Angle and Rousey had to go over, right? I mean that just that made sense. It, it, it's the only thing that made sense for this match. I'm glad that this is not one of the times they chose to swerve everyone. This was uh, this was just right. I feel like this was uh, this was packaged right. It was presented right. It was delivered and executed right. And uh, and we got what we wanted. And, and I think they got what they wanted uh, for once. For once, we all wanted the same thing, which was for Rousey to have an impressive first showing and to go over. And she really does go over in every way possible. You know, she looks great against Stephanie. She holds her own against Triple H. Um, they, 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 they te- WWE teases just a little bit of intergender uh, competition without necessarily bounding into the great beyond there. And um, I, all around good match. I, I, I'm two thumbs up on Rousey. I'm very, very big uh, fan of hers at this point and excited to see where her WWE career goes because I think she has so much to offer. I really think she's going to be a, a special thing uh, in 2018 and, and maybe beyond. I would agree with that as well. Uh, so, yeah, good uh, good match, good showing from Ronda Rousey, and it's already kind of cool seeing her on the roster. Like, it's cool seeing her just kind of show up on Raw now. Like, oh, she's she's backstage because she's backstage. Um, so that that's, that's a cool thing. Uh, moving on, SmackDown tag team title match. The Usos putting their belts on the line against the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers. This wasn't so much of a match as it was a squash match. This this lasted about less than five minutes. It was it over was a, before you it. Knew was it was a dismantling. It really was. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. It's a show. I, if WrestleMania is a showcase for the Immortals. This match was a showcase for the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's... It was a showcase for uh, Swamp People, or whatever you want to call them. It, it's a total squash, and it's sad when the Usos and New Day are involved, because they are... They're, they're such great uh, tag teams that can fight each other. But, I mean, the, the Bludgeon Brothers are what they are, which is just two blunt objects, uh, two bludgeoning objects. So they have to kind of be that. So there's not a whole lot of Huracaranas from Luke Harper... Um, so it's a very short match. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers kind of just use force and power and throw people around. And the end, Rowan hands Kofi Kingston to Luke Harper, who's sitting on the top rope. And then Harper hits a sit-down powerbomb from the top rope and pins Kofi. And that's it. Bludgeon Brothers and your, your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And not much else to say about that. Like, I don't really even... I, I, I don't even... I don't even, like, care to, like, analyze it and... All that stuff. I mean, who's going to beat the Bludgeon Brothers? We'll find out uh, because the little guys can't get the job done, apparently. So, Speaking of non-matches, uh, the follow-up match uh, isn't isn't too much better. Uh, John Cena makes his way out to the ring. And uh, will we get The Undertaker at WrestleMania 34? All right, let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell you, my friend. I personally was filled with anxious dread for far too many minutes for my fragile psyche to handle. I stood there in New Orleans 
and was mollified, petrified, mortified that when Elias came out, that was what we were going to get. And that was all <laughs> we were going to get. And I'm pretty sure every one of the other people in the Superdome, to a person, felt the exact same way. You could have cut the tension with a knife. Everyone standing and everyone cringing for every second that Elias was there. Again, like the Sandman once said, not heat because they don't like you, heat because you suck. <laughs> now, Elias gets a lot of heel heat. He gets a lot of babyface heat these days. Elias is kind of over. WWE, this is not where to shoehorn him into the show. Because by doing so, people start hating him for real. <laughs> this is not ticket selling heat. This is not push heat. This is GTFO heat. This is give me the Undertaker heat. I think, the, I think Elias' career could have died in New Orleans, except for the fact that The Undertaker did actually come out. Right. So for those who don't know, Elias comes out first. Uh, they had to bring Elias in at some point. He's been too big, too big of a part of Raw this year to not include him in WrestleMania. And uh, Cena makes very short work of Elias, and then... And I mean, and and Cena waiting around for Undertaker to come out. I think Taker's music starts up like twice before Taker actually comes out, and it was going on way too long. And I totally lost interest in the whole thing <laughs> by the time Taker finally decides to come out. And and the Undertaker comes out, and he just destroys John Cena. Like he hits like the 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 jumping clothesline. He, he walks the. He walks the rope, does the clothesline, uh, hits him with the uh, tombstone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the chokeslam tombstone basically just hits his spots on Cena and pins Cena, and that's it. And Michael Cole is screaming on commentary like, Undertaker's back, this is the best he's ever been. And I was like, no, no, this whole thing was horrible and unnecessary. And you know what it reminded me of, Darren? You know what it reminded me of? What? Go all the way back, if you will. WrestleMania 12, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? When no. the Ultimate Warrior runs out and squashes Triple H, this is the same exact thing. It's the match that, unnecessary, you don't want to watch it, you don't need to see it, it doesn't need to happen. It reminded me so much of that happening, and I was just like, that, that that didn't need I to happen. I can see that, but there's a big difference here. We didn't need to see Ultimate Warrior wrestling then, and... He showed us why. The Undertaker actually in New Orleans looked better than he has in the last five years. Like This is the best The Undertaker looked probably since WrestleMania. Well, hell, maybe seven or eight years. This is the best to me The Undertaker's looked since about WrestleMania 26 or 27. Disagree. <laughs> not saying no. Not saying it's like his best match. No, no, no. Just Movement in the ring. Better. Movement in the ring looked like, man, like, it was a squash because that's about all Mark Calloway can do nowadays. No way, dude. That's, Disagree. I don't know what you were looking at when you were there, and they're, they're a lot smaller from your perspective. I get that, Darren. On TV, though, it was like, this is depressing. 
This is every reason why Mark Calloway should have retired at the last WrestleMania. Okay, now, I mean, I, I won't disagree with that. I've said it myself. I love The Undertaker, but he definitely should not have wrestled. Well, he definitely should not have wrestled past 30. If the streak was ever going to end, it needed to be the end of his career. The fact that we're not now talking about four more years after the first loss. and now Four streak, more years. Four more yeah, years. Really. And another loss. And uh, all I can say is I enjoyed it. I thought he looked pretty good in the ring. I really did. I just, I, 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 I the part I do agree is stop. Just stop. Stop having him, <laughs> period. Whether he looks good or bad or what you do with him, we don't need it anymore. And I am an and I'm an enormous lifelong fan of the Undertaker, but it's time to stop now. It's it's time to stop now. I, I think the one good takeaway for me, like the best part, is that he wasn't the American badass. The Undertaker way. Um, yeah, very surprised he wasn't American badass. I was totally ready for it. I was like, all right, I'll get it over with. Let's do it. You know, kind of the way I felt about the the main event of WrestleMania, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, uh, we said that Taker would come out, and we said he would beat John Cena. And we were right, so we got that one right. Uh, so that was that was nice. That was nice, I thought. Uh, the next one, not so much. The next one we did not get right. The next one was a returning Daniel Bryan along with Shane McMahon taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn and Owens, two men without countries. They need to get their jobs back if they win the match. They get back into SmackDown Live or back in the WWE at least. Um, and, uh, McMahon and Daniel Bryan don't want that to happen. And the Daniel Bryan coming out seconds, uh, I thought was kind of interesting at first. I was like, whoa, don't you want the, him to come out very last? Look at the biggest pop out of every, every one of the audience. Um, but it made sense when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just do a sneak attack on them immediately. Uh, taking Daniel Bryan out for a good portion of the match. And I thought, man, WWE does not trust old wrestlers or formerly injured wrestlers at all, do they? That, that, that's what they do. They, they put him in a tag match, and they immediately injure them for half the match. They have to do like a half the workload. And it's just like, what? Are you do that every single time? Yes. Well, yeah, the, the, the answer is yes, yeah, yeah, they will. It's like the, even the night that Daniel Bryan announced he was coming back, by the time the show ended, he was on a damn stretcher in traction. And it's like, stop. We just spent the last, you know, however many months, and in Daniel Bryan's case, years not seeing them and keeping in our mind just how injured they are. We didn't forget, Vince. So to immediately put them into the hands of medical uh, personnel is like, come on, stop it. You know, back in the old days of wrestling, Darren, I don't know if you can remember back, back, back when... Um, people left on stretchers because they were so so viciously mangled. Very rarely. Very rarely. It didn't happen once or twice a raw. Now it happens so often that you're desensitized to it, and it's just like, okay, Absolutely. it's fake bullshit. This doesn't mean anything. Like Also, I remember when, uh, uh, when uh, you know, Hulk Hogan would take a vicious beating, and instead of ending up on a stretcher, he got stronger. <laughs> well, well that, that's perfectly fine. Yes, that makes sense. And he would hulk up, if well, you will. Yeah. And, uh, 
But now it's like, oh, no, man, he took a DDT on the hardest part of the ring, uh, the ring apron. So uh, he probably has to go to the hospital now or every he, week. Or he's a wrestler that just came out of retirement, so... He's gonna be he's gonna be escorted to the he's actually just gonna be put into a grave. Uh, we're just gonna go ahead and bury him. <laughs> he's gonna die. Oh man, talking about referees. I mean, what do they they only hire you for a referee if you have like a like like a soft skull or something? If you if you <laughs> are impacted in any way, it's just like oh you were sorry sorry you got a booger flicked on you. You're out for a year. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, it's, it's disappointing, and this match is, gets disappointing very quickly because it becomes Shane McMahon versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for most of the match, which is what everyone, yet, pay, which is what everyone yet, paid to did, see, which is every, what everyone paid to see, including you, Darren. I don't care what you say; it's what you paid to see. Shane McMahon wrestle, not Daniel Bryan. And yet, despite that, why did we pick? Why did we both pick Sami Zayn? <laughs> How could we have thought they were going to win this match? I think we saw some sort of Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon swerve at some point, um, but uh, I think that was kind of a rumor too, and I kind of I kind of bought into that. I was like, you know what, that makes sense to me. So I kind of I, I, it's the one time I let the internet kind of kind of persuade me and my vote. Uh, eventually, though, Bryan does come back. Uh, Bryan hits the yes kicks, the running knee, and actually makes Sami Zayn tap out to the yes lock and uh, McMahon and Bryan do go over, and we pick Zayn and Owens and. And then that itself is already a clusterfuck on and, on Raw because they're they're showing up on Raw now. And it's like, but how are they show? They don't. There's no way they can be drafted. And it's like, well, you made that bed, WWE. Now you have to sleep in it. No, that's true. Uh, I will say uh, in closing about this match, it's not just Jerry Lawler uh, with the one-liners. Uh, Daniel Bryan's return it really did turn into Yeslemania. Uh, that that crowd there live in New Orleans, myself included, very, very happy uh, for him and happy for ourselves as fans and happy for the other fans that we get to see Daniel Bryan wrestling again. Something that just, just a handful of weeks ago we would have never considered. Uh, certainly not in a WWE ring and certainly not already here at WrestleMania. So it was a very cool thing to see him back in the trunks, coming down the ramp, ready to wrestle. And even if he did spend too long uh, selling a, a bogus injury, when he got that hot tag, man, there, there's nothing like it. Right. No, it's it's good stuff. He can still go. Um, it's sad that I'm already, the, the, like his first match after that on SmackDown, the main event, which we forgot to mention, Paige, by the way, took over Daniel Bryan's role as GM on SmackDown Live, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, except for Paige doesn't make a lot of sense when she talks sometimes. Um, just like Kurt Angle, so it's perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, the main event of SmackDown Live, which was kind of like, you gave that one away for free, WWE, way to go. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, there's that. Moving on, Raw Women's Championship. Uh, they, for some reason, thought this would be a lot more important than Charlotte versus Asuka, and it really isn't. Uh, to me, anyway, and I think to a lot of people, because no one thought this would actually be a good match. Uh, Alexa Bliss, even though I love Alexa Bliss, taking on Nia Jax uh, for the Raw Championship belt. Yeah, we said Nia Jax would win, and she did. Moving on. we uh, No, I mean, this needed to be a squash, just like a quick thing. 
Naya just going like, you know, <laughs> I'm three times your size. I'm just going to destroy you. Um, also, Alexa Bliss comes out first, which irritates the hell out of me. Uh, she's champion. But it was a good entrance. I did like the entrance. It's, yes, but it shouldn't happen first, Darren, is my point. Um, I, I completely agree. Nia Jax does a Samoan drop from the second rope, though, on uh, Alexa Bliss. It looked very painful. Imagine that. She's Samoan. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, in Samoa, they just call that a drop. It's true. Uh, you know, she does the, she's done the jackhammer before. I was hoping she would do it and call it the Jack's hammer. See, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help Nia Jax out here. She's not listening to me at all. Um, so there's not a lot I, I could say about this match, really. I mean, Nia Jax just wins it. It's not, it, it goes on longer than it should have. And, uh, you know, what's funny is, uh, I said earlier that during the U.S. title match, I also went to the Superstore. That's not true. This is when I went to the Superstore. Oh. Uh, I, uh, I didn't want to hang on to any potential merchandise that I bought throughout seven hours, so I was hoping to get deep into the show before I bought anything. I was really hoping to get uh, like a 11 by 17 uh, or you know 18 by 24 uh, like cardboard, like cardstock print of um, uh, the, the card, uh, the WrestleMania card, like a poster. Uh, like I got last year, and frame it. That would have been really cool. They didn't have that. They had these enormous, like, 24 by 36 posters with the card on it. And I was like, no, way, 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 way too big. So I didn't get it. But while I'm standing there, uh, there's a man who's standing way too close to me discussing with a woman uh, which toy championship belt they should buy uh, for her little boy. And I was like, oh, okay. Let's see who this man is standing way too close to me. It's Steve Carino. Oh, nice. Steve Carino. So, Steve Carino in his in a very sharp-looking suit. I'm sure he needed to be backstage working in some capacity. Instead, he, uh, he's helping a friend or a girlfriend or a sister or a, a niece. It's probably a child. girlfriend, Darren. We, we covered that earlier. You bring the girlfriend along with you. He knows what time it is. He he knows he knows what side his bread is buttered on. And uh, yeah, so anyway, it was uh, way too many run-ins with Steve Carino in my life, and this was uh, probably the, the the most unexpected one. So that is very anyway, interesting. That, that very, was fun. That, that, that was good. We we learned a lot. Um... <laughs> no, no, we learned that Steve Carino, who is a WWE employee. Even he still has to buy the merch. That's true. So, That's so you're true. not getting nothing for free from Vince McMahon. Hey, man, that is that is something you can take to the bank um, for sure. No, that's something. No, that's something Vince McMahon can take to the bank. <laughs> he can take your money to the bank. Right. He'll take your money. He'll take your hopes and dreams. Oh, speaking of Vince McMahon taking away your hopes and dreams, that takes us to our uh, world title match: SmackDown Live Champion AJ Styles. The Phenomenal One taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, the artist, uh, a match that I had a lot of anticipation for. Uh, anyone listening to the show knows that's an understatement. Um, I'm really looking forward to this match. I, this match had so much potential. It could have been the match that really put Nakamura over for people who weren't quite on board with Nakamura. You could have really seen two wrestlers really light it up and maybe bring in some of the New Japan influence. Uh, no, instead, they decided, the, the, whoever booked this train wreck said, hey, hey, okay, here, here's the plan. 
AJ, I want you to kayfabe a back injury throughout the match. Hey, Shinsuke, I want you to kayfabe a, a knee injury throughout the match. That way you guys will wrestle at about 25% of your capabilities, and the fans will love it. Uh, so this match this match has no momentum. They must have called him Randy Orton to, to talk to these guys and say, hey, let's kill that momentum, um, because this match just had Real. nothing. It, it was it was well, so sad. And the, and the audience was so amped for it. They were so ready to see it. They were like, all right, all right, Shinsuke and AJ Styles, like, show me what you're made of. Instead, we get this match. Well, if I can uh, make you feel worse for a second. Sure, um, yes. This is one of the few things that I have managed to go back and watch since uh, taking the show in live. Uh, I made a point to watch this match because I wanted to see if it played differently on TV. And I'll probably surprise you when I say this and probably surprise a lot of you, dear listeners. The match is actually a lot better on the network. So (laughs) if you did not like watching this on television, you would really not have liked it live. Because when I watched it back on TV, I was like, oh, this really isn't that bad. But live, I was like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) You said it best. It looked like they were wrestling at about 25% of their capability. This is where you really needed to push Shinsuke because you and I are so wrapped around Shinsuke Nakamura's little finger that we will buy into anything that he does. But there is a growing uh, movement of, of American wrestling fans that just don't give a shit about Nakamura. And that's terrifying to me because Vince McMahon doesn't listen to a lot. But that'll be the thing you watch. That'll be the thing he'll choose to listen to. Right, absolutely. And and like we said before, Nakamura needed to win the title. A lot of momentum going into this match. He's already he's already lost uh, world championship matches against Jinder Mahal. So put him put him over on AJ and let let AJ and Nakamura do some business for like you know, headline some pay per views for a few months. Uh, but no. No, AJ just simply beats Nakamura, retains the belt. He does reverse a Kinshasa uh, into a Styles Clash, which was kind of cool. But man, when when he got the one, two, three, I was just like, what? Really? Asuka loses and Shinsuke both lose? And uh, I was not happy about that. Again, it's just like, why all the buildup? That's how it ends, just... To me, that was like Triple H got his way at Royal Rumble, having Asuka and Shinsuke win the Rumbles, and then Vince got his way at WrestleMania when he was like, oh, they, they both lose. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, More Roman Reigns. More Roman Reigns. Yeah, really, exactly. And uh, interesting thing here is Shinsuke uh, bows down to AJ, hands him the world title, uh, but then he low blows AJ, so huge heel turn. Uh, on AJ. So I was like, great. The few fans that Shinsuke has left, now it's character assassination with Shinsuke being a hated heel, and now he's just the foreign invader uh, beating up on a- the beloved AJ Styles, and it's like, great. Well, that's the nail in the coffin. Shinsuke, just finish out your contract and go back to New Japan, man. Like, it's, it's, WWE's not working for you because they, they don't have the vision. They don't share our vision, Shinsuke. You know, and I'm okay with it. Like I said, uh, like I've been saying a lot recently, uh, there is so much variety in wrestling these days and so many opportunities 
to watch wrestling. Uh, Impact, you need to figure that out, by the way. Um, <laughs> I I would be okay with that. I, I wouldn't have said that a year or maybe two years ago, but if, if Nakamura went back to New Japan, guess what? I have an NJPW World subscription just like I have a WWE Network subscription. And I, at this point, I'd much rather watch Nakamura fight Naito or Okada oh, or God, Tanahashi yes. oh, yeah. or Ishii instead of, you know, Chad Gable and Xavier Woods. I mean, you know, those guys are, are what they are, but you're right. Uh, I think that they're very close to ruining Nakamura. They haven't yet, but they're so close. Yeah, well... Anyway, so not happy with the outcome of that one. We both said Nakamura would win. We both were wrong because swerve for the sake of swerve. Lord knows AJ has to be champion for whatever reason, even though AJ is a boring champion. You know, I love AJ Styles, but historically, faces, they make boring champions because there's not a lot of substance besides like, you know, who's got who's got the guts to come out and try to take my belt from me? You know what I mean? And I respect whoever tries to do it, by the way. I love them. So. That's true. Anyway. All, all Southern babyface champions. <laughs> That's totally... I watched a lot of WCW. Um, so yeah, now Nakamura is stalking uh, AJ on SmackDown, and uh, there's going to be a rematch at Greatest Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm done. Even, even if he wins at Greatest Royal Rumble, it, it's, it doesn't matter. It needed to happen at WrestleMania. Like, th- th- that, was, that was the end of the road, and then they, they fucked it all up. So, anyway. I don't know, though, man. I mean, we'll talk about it more next week, but... Greatest Royal Rumble, it might be the real WrestleMania this year. I said that earlier. <laughs> I, I said know. that this is the WrestleMania that was supposed to be. And I we're, we're going we're gonna to ignore the fact there's already been a Royal Rumble only a couple of months ago, by the way. Um, but anyway, how, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. How much did these Saudi princes pay Vince McMahon? Oh, I can only imagine. I can Maybe. only imagine. <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk more about that later on. We gotta get, we gotta finish up WrestleMania here, folks, because there's more horrible decisions that WWE made, folks. I'm talking about the <laughs> the Raw Tag Team Championship match, which went on before the main event. This is the sub-main event, uh, the Raw Tag Team match. The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro, one of the few things holding together the tag team anything on wwe raw especially obviously the champions because the 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 raw tag team situation is so uh, uh, abysmal <laughs> right now it's looking promising now with the the, the shake-up and everything but the bar have been just great and instrumental in kind of keeping that whole thing relevant uh they're taking on braun Strowman, braun Strowman, who is yet to name a tag team partner and everyone's thinking who could it be could it be a returning big cast could it be? Could it be James Ellsworth who come back? Maybe. Could be a lot of people. Uh, who is it, Darren? Um, it's a, a child. What? It's it's a child. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a boy. It's a boy that I think everybody thought was a girl. It did look like a girl. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean that in the most twenty-first century PC postmodern uh, accepting, open-minded way. Until he said the word Nicholas, I, I was like, why did you pick a girl? It's bad enough you picked a child, why are you picking a little girl? To me, I thought, uh, what kind of parents named their daughter Nicholas? 
Yeah, right, right. Um, so yeah, so Braun Strowman uh, painstakingly takes about ten minutes, well, probably about two or three minutes, but it seemed like forever, um, and forever to me is ten minutes. Uh, he takes a long time and grabs random child. You're, li- you're gonna live a very long life, then, my friend. Oh, I'm so far. It's taking forever. Or at least it's gonna seem that way. It's taking forever. Um, so he 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 picks Every a ten minutes. He picks a 10-year-old child out of the audience to become his uh, tag team partner, which I noticed on Twitter, um, a lot of people were very quick to point out that uh, the Louisiana uh, like fighting commissions were like, no, you have to be a certain age, which is probably why Nicholas didn't actually do anything. Because at that point, I thought, well, if you're going to involve him, he needs to get the pin on whoever, uh, which doesn't happen. He gets tagged in once and quickly tagged back uh, out again. Um, and that's that's kind of it for Nicholas. But <laughs> that's it for the bar, too, because Braun Strowman beats Sheamus and Cesaro for their Raw Tag Team Championships with a child. And I don't think anyone's going to beat... Anyone short of King Maxwell is going to beat that, uh, that new record as far as uh, uh, youngest champion. And uh, so they're, they're tag team champions for a day. Because they immediately relinquished the titles on Raw the following day. Which actually made me laugh when <laughs> Braun, the reason Braun Strowman's like, he's, he's got like a math test tomorrow. Like, he's a child. <laughs> and that was actually kind of funny. Even though it's a sad day for the Raw tag team division. But anyway. You know, and, and, I, and I'll keep this brief. But I have to use this opportunity to, to pick a bone with Gerald Briscoe. Because any opportunity I have to uh, rub Gerald Briscoe's nose in his own dog shit. I I love to take that opportunity. (laughs) Gerald Briscoe is so full of shit, and I hate his guts, and I hate everything he's ever said on any uh, WWE programming or DVD, because uh, this man is either living the gimmick and he's kayfabe to death, or he really believes uh, his own shit, drinks his own Kool-Aid, if you will, and has certainly drunk every glass of Kool-Aid Vince McMahon has ever made for him. And uh, I look at stuff like Nicholas, and I want to say, you know, every time that you said, Mr. Mike Mayum would put you in the dirt because you put Judy Bagwell as your tag team champion, or you had David Arquette, and every time WWE literally does something that they have previously condemned, I, I really, I really want to just look Gerald Briscoe dead in his eyes and say, "Please, sir, go to hell. Go directly to hell. Do not collect two hundred dollars <laughs> and fuck right off with your hypocrisy and your holier than thou BS." Because nobody's got time for that, man. Shut your old mouth. You know, you're a piece of shit. You're a, you know, you're a hack. You're a shill. And and nobody gives a damn about your opinion. And look at your precious company now. You know, you put a bunch of monkeys in a room with a typewriter. You know what? Eventually they're going to make David Arquette the champion. Right? <laughs> you, can't blame, you can't blame Nicholas on Vince Russo. All right, Gerald Briscoe? You can't blame Nicholas on Ted Turner or Eric Bischoff or Harvey Schiller or Ed Ferrara or Ric Flair. No, no, Gerald Briscoe. No, 
Shame on you. Nicholas is your fault, Gerald Briscoe. Shame on you. Tell us how you really feel, Darren. Wow. That's how I really feel. I just told you. This is how this is how he makes his uh, students feel every day, by the way, folks. He, uh... <laughs> his uh, students uh, live in fear of this man, this wild man. Students, students if you're listening, earmuffs while I was using the four-letter words. Uh, understand. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, history, a further history lesson on Gerald Briscoe. Uh, on, on one of our free days. And, and also Time Machine. Go back to before he started the rent to put your earmuffs on, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, fair enough. Yeah. Also, also, students, if you have access to a time machine, please tell me, because history class will be infinitely even more fun uh, if we have access to a time machine. Just ask Bill and Ted. Especially if it's a payphone, uh, which you, you guys wouldn't even know anything about because you're all nine years old. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so Nicholas uh, is uh, already vacated the title, and and what's next for Nicholas is my question, Darren. You you think he's gonna be like, you know what? I had a taste, I had a taste of wrestling. Is he gonna be that guy that like Nicholas, former Raw Tag Team Champion? Now he's back to no, not with that, not with that posture, not with that posture. <laughs> you can make your posture better. You do some DDP no, yoga. That, that was the posture of a, a very meek, put-upon little boy. Oh, hey, hey. The meek shall inherit the earth, or at least the raw tag team titles, Darren. Um, so, with that, we move on to our main, main events. We're talking about the match that no one really cared about, no one wanted to see. They, they, they just wanted to see it kind of get over with. You know, it's like a wedding it's like a wedding that you're forced to attend that you don't really want the bride and the groom to get married. Um, so you have to kind of go and suffer through it. Um, and even then, it didn't end the way we thought it would. No, it definitely didn't end the way that we thought it would. We both thought for sure that this would be a phoned-in Roman Reigns victory. This would be the coronation that Vince McMahon apparently so deeply craves and deep down in his loins uh, with whatever love affair he has with Joe Anawai. And, uh, <laughs> but then no, but then no, why, why no? Yeah, man, this was a squash match. Lesnar all but tore the head off of Roman Reigns in a very, very surprising turn of events. I think that might be the ultimate swerve of WrestleMania. I mean, Nakamura not winning is one thing. Asuka not winning it's one thing. But for Lesnar to have had the belt for a year, going into this, you know it's just going to be a, a, a Lesnar passes the torch down to Roman Reigns. Lesnar goes away. But no, for some reason, Vince McMahon insists that WWE cannot go on without Brock Lesnar. And that is so untrue. Everyone is tired of Brock Lesnar at this point. And I think Brock Lesnar might be just under Cena as far as highest paid man of the company. And that is just wrong on so many levels. You know, and I think that what is the worst part of all um, is, and, then, and the only reason it's worst is because it's going to make the already existing bad situations worse. I think Brock Lesnar is tired of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I he's think so certainly too. tired of what is being done with him. Yeah, he looks bored out of his mind. He's running out of opponents. He's buried all the big guys who could potentially bury him. At this point, I think they're they're going to bring in Bobby Lashley to beat Lesnar. 
Um, they might as well. He's kind of all that's left at this point. And I, and I like that. I like that better than Roman Reigns. I'm not a huge Bobby Lashley fan by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, like Bray Wyatt said, anybody but you, Roman. Anybody <laughs> but you. Yeah, basically. You know, I, I'm just so against Roman Reigns at this point. And I'm starting to turn those feelings against Lesnar as well. And so did 80,000 people in the Superdome. You're only saying that, Darren, because there was a this is awful chant going on during the main event of WrestleMania. And it was going on a lot. <laughs> this is awful. Clap, 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 clap. This is awful. Not, I mean, this is awful. Awful? Awful. You didn't hear that when Lawrence Taylor fought Bam Bam, but you hear it no. now when Lesnar fights Roman Reigns. You didn't hear it when David Arquette beat Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> but yet, when Brock Lesnar, one of the most celebrated uh, wrestlers of all time, is fighting Vince McMahon's golden boy, Roman Reigns, in the main event of a an incredibly high-grossing, high-attendance uh, you know, high watermark period for the company, your main event gets a this is awful and let's go beach ball chance. <laughs> let's go beach ball. And people were desperately trying to get the beach ball down to the ring. And I was so hoping that it would make it down to the ring. And if the beach ball ever makes it to the ring or even ringside, Oh, Katie, bar the door. It will be uh, Vince McMahon. That is when Vince McMahon will die. He will die <laughs> of a cerebral hemorrhage the moment one of those beach balls makes it into his precious little gray padded uh, domicile or whatever, which he considers impenetrable, impenetrable by the WWE universe. Probably should not laugh at uh, someone dying, but that, that that's that's so funny to me. Um, so yeah, WrestleMania ends on that note, and it's just weird. And Michael Cole, of course, has to oversell everything and say, My just amazing night, just the best night in the world, the best WrestleMania you've ever seen before. Uh, it's just like, no, Michael Cole, it's not. It makes me not want to watch WWE ever again, actually. Me personally, I know being there is different, Darren. You had a lot of fun. I'm not trying to rant on that parade, but me as a viewer at home, and I feel a lot of people kind of share this sentiment. I know a lot of you hashtag your listeners agree. It was a very lackluster WrestleMania 34 for, I mean, again, this, this is one of the ones that you, you grab the VHS Coliseum video copy of this, you look at the back of it, and you read it out loud and go, oh my god, this has got to be one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time, and you watch it, and you say, oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> um, so, some highs and lows, but for me, more lows than highs are head-to-head. Head-to-head. Was god-awful. We thought Roman Reigns was definitely going to win this match. Lesnar retains, which no one expected, um, which may be why he did retain. That, or he just negotiated the new contract and I think he was he's detrimental in the, the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble deal. So I think he knew that. So I think he kind of leveraged himself like, well, I'm not going then. They were like, no, no, Brock. Two cakes full of money, Brock. Ah. Um, well, as far as the head-to-head head-to-head goes, 
You finish. Well, we both finished horrible, like you said. You finish with five correct choices and nine. <laughs> God damn. Ooh. I, I I was one better. Yay. Six correct choices, eight incorrect choices. I'm saved by Matt Hardy uh, winning that rumble. Uh, um, and so I, I win the head-to-head. Head-to-head. For WrestleMania fleur de lis Well, you can have it because I think uh, I think we lost. I, I, th- I think the audience and the WWE universe lost that day. Anyway, that's it for WrestleMania 34, NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, no more hashtag NOLA. I'm so tired of hearing it uh, and reading it. <laughs> but uh, if you went to uh, if you went to WrestleMania weekend, uh, I hope you had a good time. I sincerely mean that. Hope you had fun. It's not just about WrestleMania or NXT. Obviously, other things going on. ROH, Supercard, uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break, WrestleCon, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. The Hall of Fame, we didn't really talk about the Hoff. Um, but that did happen. All the people we're talking about being inducted uh, for a while now. They got inducted. They're in. They made their appearance at WrestleMania. So with that, we turn the page. And we begin the next chapter, the next season, if you will, of WWE television. Which is already kind of interesting with the shakeup stuff. I'm still not happy with where Nakamura is and where Asuka is. And I kind of question my, my watching wrestling at all anymore because of WrestleMania being so horrible. Did you enjoy WrestleMania? Did you enjoy hashtag NOLA? Let us know. A lot of ways you can do that. Let us know on Twitter. At Ref and Show Podcast. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We'd appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to at thewholereffandshow at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or. Or. There we are. With the pretty pictures on Instagram. The whole ref and show is our name. Look us up, add us, like us, comment us. Slide up in our DMs at T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. The whole ref and show. Yes, indeed. Catch us next week. We'll be back. We promise we'll be back next week. We're not going to skip out on you again, all right? If we do, by the way, we didn't do it intentionally. We we didn't do it just to swerve you. We're not Vince McMahon. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that's it. We'll see you next week, folks. By the way, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. And we will see you next week on the only wrestling podcast called Right Down the Middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. Bye-bye. beat you and I'm gonna beat you bad and every time I see your old lady I'm gonna kiss her on those moist wet lips. Woo! Oh, baby champ! <laughs>